Before we get to today's episode, I want to remind you that if you're listening on a platform other than Spotify, you can only hear the last 60 days of new rewatchables episodes, plus a couple of classics, Godfather, Heat, etc. For the entire archive, everything we've done since 2017, go to Spotify, where you can listen to every rewatchables episode for free, only on Spotify. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where we just launched a new basketball podcast that's actually an old one. It's The Mismatch with Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. They have their own feed. Subscribe now. First podcast on that feed for them is going up on Thursday night. We also launched Recipe Club with Dave Chang, Gamblers with Dave Hill, and The Ringer Music Show with Charles Holmes. All new ones from the last couple of weeks. Go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by USAA Auto Insurance. Life is full of tough decisions. Thanks to USAA Auto Insurance, picking your auto coverage is not one of them. Make the switch to USAA Auto Insurance and find out how much you could save. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic for a limited time. You can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tinder Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja. Crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken. And buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tinder Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. Coming up. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? The program is next. Coming September 24th. Darnell Jefferson, the tailback. Ray Griffin, starting tailback. Darnell Jefferson was a high school superstar. Football saved my life. But now... Don't tell me you're falling for this guy. He's just another gangbanger with speed. He's got to play by a new set of rules. What's your assignment? Kill everybody. To fight the pressure. Yeah, they never mentioned this during recruiting. To survive. The program, rated R. All right, what a special day this is. Ryan Rosillo is here. Kyle Brandt is here. We're going to talk about um, a college football movie classic that's also not a classic, but there also has been a lot of college football movies, but this came along at the perfect time in 1993. It's flawed. It's enjoyable. It's entertaining. Dare I say, might be the best college football movie ever, Kyle Brandt? I don't know. It's the battle. It's going to war with the other guys. Not everybody gets to play football. We're the lucky ones. Hell yes, Bill. This is my favorite sports movie. I am thrilled to have a place at the table. I love this film. Love it. Very personal to me. Got me where I am today. Priscilla? You know, for me, it's it's a lot. Like, I don't know how many different times I changed my mind about PEDs uh, at the time. <laughs> I was really young. I was impressionable. I was 18. And, you know, I had, I had kind of a mindset about it going into the movie. And then I was like, oh, no. And I was like, eh, you know, so a lot like the Queen's Gambit, I think it's kind of pro PEDs. <laughs> yeah. One of the enduring <laughs> lessons is maybe don't listen to the coach. Maybe, maybe do what was working that got you the, uh, the starting job. You want to tackle that guy from Iowa? Come on. Right. I mean, the goal line stand at Iowa, that's the saddest scene in film since we found out the woman has dementia in the notebook. <laughs> James Garner weeping about the Iowa running back trucking Latimer on the goal line. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I love this movie so much is 
it's like watching somebody make this dinner. And if you just look at the table, the dinner looks perfect. It's like, this is everything I want from a movie. And then you taste it and it's like, wow, this stuffing's terrible. Ooh, the cranberry sauce is pretty good. Mm, turkey's not bad. Oh my God, these beans are horrendous. But the <laughs> recipe is there. It, it hits all the notes. It tries to tie everything up in two hours. It has, you know, the coach who really needs to rejuvenate his program a little bit. It's got good main characters, I think. The quarterback, the linebacker, the Latimer, the kind of basically the special teams guy who moves his way up. And then you got the running back battle. And it really doesn't care about anyone else in the movie. It's just those six characters. And it works and it and it works for what it is. But at the same time, Kyle, there's a better movie in here. I know you love this. I know it's your favorite movie yeah. ever. But that, there's still a ceiling that it didn't hit, right? Yeah, I, I think when I look at your meal analogy, I think there's also, there's too many things on the table. Like this movie, this college football movie, has two fully flushed out love stories, like two of them, which like, bro, I need more bull in the ring drill. Like I need more head knocking. I don't necessarily need the ice skating and the motorcycle. It's too much. And, and watching it now as an adult, like when I was 15, I was just perving over Christy Swanson and I loved it. But now like it needs a little more football in the football movie, less uh, cheesy romance. Right, and when there is football, the movie just sails. Like when they have that, we're going to talk about it with most rewatchable scenes, yep. but when they have like the, the first real practice session and they're, what's that drill called when they're on the circle, just hitting the Full shit the out ring. of each other. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> holy mackerel. Rosilla, what, what's the one thing you would change about this movie? What did, what did it miss the most? It just felt like at the very end, I mean, this is saying something, the guy that wrote it wrote The Sting, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. And to read his backstory, what he wanted to do, you know, you got to remember 93, 94 when he's writing it and when it comes out, you know, where we're at with what movies were like, that this was kind of an edgier version of some of the sports movies that we got. And he was trying to do that real version of it. But it seemed to fall victim to what I think so many TV shows do, a lot of movies are like, all right, how do we wrap a bow on this thing? Like, how do we kind of finish the story? And the fact that the starting running back is going to somehow, in the span of the season, lose his girlfriend to Omar Epps, then lose his starting job and have to play fullback, full, fullback and then blow a blocking assignment in the last <laughs> game of the season, and then like an hour later be like, I got you, dog, and change the play to get him a touchdown, it felt a little Disney for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair. I my big takeaway, this is, you know, they make this this movie comes out in 93. TV isn't even really good yet. 94 was when, you know, that's when ER launches, NYPD Blue is kind of going at that point, and TV's going to another level. To me, this was such an obvious TV show. You watch this now and you're like, oh, they would never make this as a movie now. This would clearly, we have a category later of would this be a, net, a Netflix mm. show? Clearly, this would be a Netflix show they wouldn't even think about making this a movie. They would go in all different directions with all these different characters. They would try to set it up so there's a cliffhanger for for season two or whatever. Um, Kyle, first of all, you would want to be in that Netflix show, I'm assuming, if they brought I would this die. back. As you know, my acting background would come out. The, the reason it's so personal, you're talking about the early 90s too. I, I understand, I was a freshman in high school in 1993. All my freshman teammates and I went to the movie theater to see this wearing our jerseys, like the shitty freshman jerseys that are just old varsity jerseys. Yeah. We go, we're seeing it in the theater. It's the coolest thing we've ever seen. Everybody, we're all 14, losing our mind about Latimer. When we walk out from the movie, 
the varsity team is waiting to get into the later showing in their uniform. <laughs> and it was, and the fucking Libertyville team was there and they were our rivals and it felt like North Suburban Jets and Sharks. And the program was a very important thing for high school football players. Really, I think the legacy of it was for the next several years, every single high school team that you would play against, whether you lost or whether you won in the handshake line, there'd be one asshole with his face painted in the skull like Latimer. And he thought he was <laughs> such a badass and he had a neck roll and he wore 56. It set off like a renaissance for face painting. And that's really the legacy. Did Russell never face painted? No. Well, I mean, we were big in eye, on eye black and intramural league, but you know, sure. I mean, this is where I'm the poser in the group here. I mean, Kyle's no, actually I'm the poser. playing. No, Kyle's no, actually no. Playing. I'm right here. Yeah. Right. I know. But Kyle's <laughs> playing for Princeton, being recruited by programs, and I'm at yes. UVM bragging about intramurals because we have no football team. So, yeah. and I mean, at this point, um, I was I was just so excited that this just wasn't the, I mean, I, I, I think it bears like repeating, we weren't really getting these kinds of football movies. Right. So it it gave us a little remember Titans at the end, but it did set out to talk about the NCAA, to talk about injuries costing somebody. Um, it was about cheating, which I would point out, I don't know what kind of cheating they were doing at ESU, but based on Max home and um even even you know joe's dad's pad sucked balls uh, they they clearly were not cheating to the level that we're aware of cheating now like it might have been a handshake but nobody was getting a house out of the deal well and then you got sexual assault you have peds you have a lot of stuff that yep. anyone who was going to college at the time or even in high school these were all issues that were everyday issues every program had somebody doing something I, I look at it like in the sports movie landscape, which we've covered before in this pod, but there's this whole era that starts with the longest yard and basically goes all the way through, I would say Hoosiers. So it's like 74 to 86 and every sport is covered. Every underdog theme is hit and we kind of perfect the 1.0 version of the sports movie. And then around the early nineties, it's like the people who love those sports movies are going, wait, let's take this another level. And then there's this really interesting new wave, right? So you got the program in Blue Chips, which is directed by William Friedkin, who's really fascinated with a lot of the same issues that this movie has, right? Coaches taking advantage of, of the rule, coaches bending the rules, coaches doing things they know aren't right just for wins, um, athletes starting to leverage the system for their own benefit and things like that. And it leads to this kind of more sophisticated way of a sports movie where it's like Tin Cup, he got game where people aren't just doing a sports movie. They're trying to do more with it. I guess what I'm trying to say is this was a noble effort. This guy, mm -hmm. David Ward, the guy who directed this, he also wrote and directed both major leagues. And he is basically like, college football's fucked up. There's an entertaining movie in here. I'm just going for it. And what's interesting is nobody has really pulled it off since, right? Well, I, I think, I don't know about you guys, the way you're describing it, Bill, I feel like in a lot of ways, this was the grunge sports movie. Like everything in music was, fuck my dad, fuck my life, I hate him. And as much as I agree with you, Ryan, that there's some huge Disney moments, this movie goes for it. Like with a terrifying rape roid rage scene and like yeah. mass, like the lead guy is a, is a drunk loser, suicidal. Like it gets dark as hell in like the black hole sun type of way, which I really respected because I'm sure that wasn't good for box office. I'm sure it wasn't good for critics. They could have made a safe cutesy college football movie where they go to the Rose Bowl at the end. This thing is dark as hell. And, and that's why I think I like it. Well, you left out the linebacker who's 
that they win the big game and it just cuts to him turning the radio off with his leg in a cast. And it's like, yeah, you're never getting out of that house. There's some genuinely moving mo moments too. Like that thing that Alvin Mack does with the door knocker, like that still makes me tear up. I'm going to buy you the house to go with it. That's a well-written sentiment from the guy. I love it. No, there's great parts as far as like the the coach, James Kahn, having to sit there and justify and, and like the board asks for his word Oh, of the great. backup QB who's who's sleeping with his daughter and forced her to take a test on his behalf so he could cheat. And James Kahn needs him. And he's just looking at him. He's like, yep, I absolutely vouch. And he hates him. Like, that's a really great scene. You're right about Alvin giving his mother the door knocker. This isn't mm -hmm. Mac on it. Like, all these little scenes. I guess what I'm saying is because it took so many swings at the real shit, it was kind of weird to go, oh, you guys are remember the Titan in us right now at the very end sure. to be like, hey, everything now is full circle mm -hmm. when it's still, you're right. It has some dark moments. I mean, the the scene with, uh, with Joe going back to see his dad, who actually oh is an incredible actor, that scene where he goes back and he's passed out with a dart and then he like lights up another <laughs> cigarette. <laughs> He's Where they like, do throw come, you out? Yeah, he's like, how come you never, <laughs> how come you never come to see my games? He's like, oh, I don't want you getting all excited and fucking it up, you know. I mean, I, but he, like this whole thing, or especially when he has the lines like, "Well, oh, that's what they do in rehab. They get you thinking about things you can't solve." So and you're like, Jesus, dude. So he's just laying into his kid, but it's an amazing scene as the smoke is in the background. So you're absolutely right that they. They didn't package it that certain way. It was just always watching it again. I was like, ah, oh, they kind of had to. Like at the end, it's like, all right, what do we do to kind of make one of these things a happy storyline and and you know whatever. Well, it was a it was a long stretch of sports movies there where they felt obligated to have the good guys win in the end. Mm -hmm. And really, this movie should have ended with them losing on the last play, right? It, it should have been Omar Epps catches the touchdown, but there's a flag. There's been a holding. It's been called back. And then on the next play, he gets sacked, and it's just everyone walks off sadly, almost like how Friday Night Lights ended. The uh, the Peter the Berg loss movie. to Michigan was devastating, though, Bill. They, they lose the Heisman, you lose everything. Griffin mm. loses his girl. This devastating loss to Tim Wayman. Tim Wayman. <laughs> uh, by the way, the casting in this is really good for a Come sports on. movie. Okay, because yeah. the guys are huge. We can talk about the hitting later and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like they put some big dudes out there. That offensive lineman that runs around with Joe the whole time is great because he's enormous Miller and Light. actually makes Joe look smaller on the field because, and he's not that small guy. But then to decide to go with a mall cop as the Heisman, you know, enemy <laughs> at Michigan, Wayman. And by the way, Michigan said there's a backstory about using the likeness here. Okay. Michigan yeah. was like, you can use us, but we have to win. Interesting. Uh, that that's classic Michigan. It's the most Michigan thing ever. I don't oh know if they God. actually count. I, Michigan may count it as one of their wins all time. Uh -huh. That's um, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, on the flip side of that too, like you know who comes off terribly in this movie is Mississippi State. What do they get out of this? Because they get their complete asses kicked. Their running back looks like a huge pussy. Latimer destroys them. And I look into this. Like, in the early 90s, <laughs> Mississippi State was doing fine. Like, the 91 yeah. Bulldogs team, the 90, they were going to bowls. They're, they're clipping along. So do they not get script approval about, all right, you can use Mississippi State, but what is going to be happening here? Because we want the Iowa package. Fuck Iowa. We want the run over Latimer on the goal line. No, they got their heads taken off. I think you lost your bonnet, babe. And that, that sucks for them. Right. I think the AD gets fired like a week after the movie <laughs> yeah, comes out because right. they're like, wait, what happened here? Well, that was that was a backstory, too. Like they asked him Alabama. They said no. Oklahoma was like, no. Mississippi wow. State apparently said yes. Michigan said yes, but only if we win. And then Schembechler's on the call. Yeah. And then 
you know, look, um, I don't know what conference they're supposed to be in because I went I back that and coming up later. It. Yeah, yeah Mississippi State, Michigan, Iowa, and then they opened the movie with Georgia Tech with apparently the worst lighting in the history of a college football game. And then that's who they finish up with. So it feels like Georgia Tech is their rival. I don't know. Maybe, maybe ESU's an independent back then. Well, and they're also filming it in South Carolina. Right. It's but they're I think a mid major. I, I was confused by it as well. One of the things that really stood I don't out think they're a mid major. You didn't get preseason Heisman hype in the early nineties in a mid major. <laughs> SI cover hype. Yeah, no way. Well, so but then they would have been in one of the big conferences. They would have mentioned that. I don't know what conferences they're in because they had lost two of four. And at the end, James Conn's like, oh, we're still alive for a conference championship. Yeah. You're like, whoa, what, you, what conference is this? <laughs> it's almost like it was a sports movie where they didn't figure that part out. Um, one thing that was really special about this movie at the time in 93 was the football scenes and how realistic they were. Because you go back to Longest Yard in 74, which I really like the Longest Yard football scenes. I'm pro- I like the wide camera. It really looks like football. And then as it kind of went along, uh, North Dallas 40, I thought they they put the cameras on the field. It was everything was too close. And that led to basically a 20-year run of people fucking up football scenes and movies. Uh, we want to talk about Johnny B. Good with uh, Anthony McCall. <laughs> oh, terrible. Um, the program, <laughs> they go and they use NFL films guys. They use long lenses and real cinematographers. They, they really like, they're like, we're going to have slow motion. We're going to actually have the guys do some of the stuff and then use stunt doubles when we need them. And then everything culminates in the last game. Those guys ran out at halftime on one of these games and they had a script and they followed it and they executed like seven, eight plays in a row, but they're all hitting the shit out of each other. And in the research, which I know Rosillo, I know he loves this stuff. So you picked it up. Um, these guys were getting the shit kicked out of each other. They're doing basically, they weren't doing two a days. They were doing like eight a days. They're, they're filming for 12 hours a day, realistic. All of them are banged up by the end of it. I'm guessing it wouldn't fly nowadays. But Kyle, like imagine being on the set and you're just playing football for three straight weeks and they're like, hey man, don't ease up. We want this to seem real. How do you even do that? Dude's making scale. You know, there's about three name actors and then a bunch of like shitty extra players and hour after hour of hitting, because you mentioned it, Bill. After this, like all the movies were doing it. We got Friday yeah. Night Lights, like the movie Invincible with Wahlberg. He gets the shit kicked out of him, and all the hits are really great. I will say, all the attention they put into the hitting, and it looks beautiful, and it's NFL films. I don't know why they didn't just leave, let that lie and just show us this beautiful hitting. To me, one of the most cringeworthy things in the entire movie that drives me crazy is the way that Darnell Jefferson talks to himself as he runs the ball. It, preposterous, stupid, it's childish. He gets the ball and says, showtime, baby, right here, right here. You're too <laughs> slow for me. Grab me again. But like, ludicrous. No yeah. one does that. And it's so corny. I, I die every time. Just let it be silent and beautiful. They blew it in that one. Mm. The hitting is is the key, though. Like, there's all these sports movies we get mad about throwing motion and all these different things. Yeah. And by the way, Kane said he was casted, and they say, he's like, I didn't know how th far I could throw a football. So he's like, I went out in the Disney lot and threw it 65 yards a couple times. They're like, you got the part. I'm like, 65 yards? Yeah, that, yeah, seemed, that seemed high, right? right? I flagged that as well. Right, exactly. But the hitting, 
when you watch it, as Bill said, they were knocking the shit out of each other. So that part was very believable. The casting, the guys are enormous. It kept coming up as I watch them. I'm like, look at 68. Like, who is this guy? Granted, it's early 80s or late 80s, early 90s pad work. So everybody's got the biggest Huge. pads ever yeah. back then. But what's so funny is they put such an emphasis on everybody knocking the shit out of each other, which they did a great job with. Then there would be moments where you're like, wait, Kane breaks the huddle on four. Like on four, he says I'm four at one point. <laughs> on four, as he breaks the huddle, and there's not yeah. one guy to go, eh, you know. And then it's a 17 step drop for a yep. screen. Yeah. So as as hard as they focused, and they deserve a lot of credit. Like, hey, let's really hit the shit out of each other. And they were, as Bill says, these guys were really banged up. Latimer thought he was paralyzed at one point mm -hmm. for real. Yeah, he, he had like, like a stinger for a day. Yeah, and he goes, all these guys were big guys, but they didn't really move around all that well. Omar Epps says, you know, I was a Dallas Cowboys fan. I thought I was going to be a member of the Cowboys. It's like, yeah, I could see the second you touched the football in a handoff, you didn't know what you were doing. So there mm. were things that were great, the great execution of the hitting and the physical nature of the football, but there was some like more detailed stuff that it felt like, all right, you kind of let that go. Be gentle with Kyle. I could see the hurt in his eyes right now. Yeah, I'm for sure. sure. I'll tell you what, though. When you talk about all that hitting... How did our boy Craig Sheffer hold up? Because he is skinny as hell in this movie. It bothers me, his physique. He has a stunt like, double. It, well, yeah. he has a stunt double for some of them. But like, it, it bothers me in many scenes that he is the Heisman quarterback and he makes Ken Dorsey look like Tim Tebow. Like he, he is unbelievably, <laughs> unfathomably skinny. It's like, yeah. Sheffer, this uh, is the role of a lifetime. You're the quarterback with the demons. Can you get in the gym for just a few weeks? It's a right, that, You know what I'm talking about. That lap diet. pull down scene, he's got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they rolled up his sleeves in the reverse lap. Yeah, they always scene. cuff him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, well, they, I, for some reason, there's an incredible amount of content about this movie on the internet. There's multiple oral histories. There's a South Carolina oral history just about what it was like for them to have it. And in one of the pieces, they were talking about Sheffer was actually pretty good for the most part as a quarterback, except one of the guys was like, had a little bit of a weird throwing motion. Like it was a little, little wonky. So anytime they had a rollout scene, they basically couldn't use it. Mm. And I was like, man, tough beat for Sheffer. Cause he was probably <laughs> feeling great at the end of this, right? He's telling everybody he could throw 65 yards. Yeah. I don't, the 65 yard thing stood out immediately. And also as you guys both know, but the way he would set up play action is just, he would like invert the play action. Maybe guys should start doing that. Mm. I don't know. Maybe he was ahead of everybody. Fair. You mentioned Omar Epps. Yep. So this is the incredible Omar Epps run of Juice, the program, Major League Two, Higher Learning, ER, Scream Two, The Wood, Love and Basketball. Wow. Um, he was in pretty three fairly iconic, I still like Major League Two, three fairly iconic sports movies and did the rarely seen baseball, football, basketball, mm. Troyoka, which mm -hmm. is really like Costner territory because Costner you know, it did the baseball and the golf where he, he tried to cross over. But this is like the three movies thing. So you mentioned he doesn't look believable at a run, as a running back. I also think he's b really believable as an athlete. Mm -hmm. But what was, Kyle, you you were running back at Princeton, right? Yeah. yeah. So what was he missing? What, what would uh, running back coach Kyle Brand have told him? Well, first of all, Bill, also in that run, he also was track and field. In, in, uh, in higher learning. College. Yeah. yeah, higher learning, track and field as well. You know, physically he had it and he's got the cool look and he's got, it's all about the aesthetics. He's got the back flap on uh, the bottom of his shoulder pads, which was really cool back then. It was like work done. Yeah, It was just like 
it's the corny narration that he has. And that just they do him. this whole thing. They have a whole storyline about ball security and hold on to this football and high and tight and James Conn. And then at the end of the game, A, he fumbles again just because Ray Griffin misses a block. He completely loses it. And when he's running after the screen, it's full on out here like, like Walter Payton it's in 1987. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. Like Scary. Coach Frank Winter should bench him, not Ray Griffin, bench him because he fumbles in the game. It's terrible. It bothers me as a viewer. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Yeah. Did you make out with your host the first weekend you were on campus? No, dude, I didn't go to ESU. <laughs> I went, my host was a guy named Seth, bro. It was, I barely made out like in the first four years at campus. I, I wish I did. No, there were no tiger getters. There was no marching band. Tiger none of getters. that. I didn't have the Jesus Shuttleworth boobs around me. I had none of that stuff. I had a, like a no nudity a, 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 a in this Miller movie. Light. No, <laughs> no, it, it's shocking. I think it's a PG thirteen movie. I can't. I can't remember. I forgot to look that up. The one. The one Omar Epps football thing that I really didn't like is the last play, where mm -hmm. I, I don't know what pass route he's running. He's basically runs to the end zone and stops. Yeah, and then does this see ya and does this one eighty spin move toward the corner. And yeah. I. I just have never seen that work in a football game ever. I'm pretty sure the D backs ready for him to. <laughs> Go left to right. I, I probably would have done another take Look, of that. I gotta I gotta ask you guys both. What was yep. your identity as a football team? Great question. Because mm. you have a Heisman caliber quarterback. You only throw to the running backs. I don't remember any throws to the wide receivers. You've got a Heisman caliber quarterback again, and you have a running back controversy. You are big along the lines. Um, I never like maybe they had a bad secondary. We didn't hear about them at all. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they throw to the yeah, running backs. Where was the tight end? Where was the tight end character? No tight end. Like his security they, blanket guy. That guy just they decided not to have him in the movie. And then they're running Griffin on fullback dive, 15-yard mm, passes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's the rare I-formation throwing offense. You don't see that a lot. No, it was a lot of pro style. And they, they would shift into the eye too, which is like really corny early in the 90s. And the play that kills me is the play against Michigan, which was the most telegraphed interception of all time. Joe mm. King calls it like, you know, Dogie's right tailback streak in which Darnell Jefferson runs right through the line and it's just a streak pattern. The safety sits there and picks it. It's a terribly unsophisticated offense. I think the heart and soul of this team was defense. ESU is built on defense. Right. With, and then when they yeah. lose their middle linebacker, it's all it's over. A so uh, we mentioned Omar Epps, who distinctly makes this a 90s movie. Then you have Christy Swanson mm -hmm. at a golden, golden, golden time of her career. And at a time when she really meant a lot Two guys in the general ten year uh ten year age range. She's coming off Buffy. She's in the chase with Charlie Sheen. Love it. Which features a sex scene where she just mounts him in the car as they're going 80 miles an hour and they have a <laughs> slow motion sex scene. Then the program and then higher learning. And then like a lot of times this happens, um, it kind of falls apart. But yeah. she dyes her hair. More importantly, lefty tennis player. There's a Southpaw thing going on with Christy Swanson. It, let me tell you something. It was all working for me living in Boston in 93. I was all in. Priscilla, what were your thoughts? It reminds me of the PED part of the storyline because she kind of looks like Boo from Teen Wolf if she did a cycle. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Good callback to a previous rewatchables. How'd you feel about the tennis, Kyle? 
Um, it was, it was, it was higher level than I, than I was expecting. Yeah, it was okay. I, I kept being distracted that Christy Swanson is wearing like really high waisted cut off jean shorts to play tennis in. Yeah. She played and, jean um, shorts. Yeah. I, I think that I would like to, be on a, yeah, it, it might be the, the psychology inside the, I think her name is Camille character is fascinating because like Joe Kane from the onset, like treats her like shit, like completely. Yeah. You fall out of your daddy's BMW, your daddy, this almost kills her. Calls her, calls her at three in the morning. It's like, yeah, great, I'll pick like, you up at six. Click. And she's just swooning from what's going on with her. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, oh, by the way, do you want to go to like a local dive bar and get weird? <laughs> yeah, I'm also right. like, I know I personally have not hung out at enough quarries. <laughs> I just haven't. And yet he's like, hey, you know, let's just go jump off. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of red flags here earlier with this relationship. And she still, you know, she likes the bad boy. She could lie to her. She was lying to herself early. She's like, oh, I don't date football players. Oh, like, no, this guy's about to win it. the Heisman. He's sitting the wrong way in a lap pull down. He reps out three. <laughs> Do you want to go out? And, you know, she's denying it. But do we need a second racquetball scene, though, after the tennis scene? All thoughts. Take Great it anywhere question. you want. Great question. There was going to be a third squash scene, and they cut it, too. <laughs> they need a billiard scene after. Yeah, she, she makes a big play of I don't date guys like you and then falls for every trick in the book for the rest of the movie. It's like, I'm going to be a, a drunk loser who treats you terribly. She's like, I'm in. Yeah. Bill, not only every trick in the book, the corniest, dumbest bullshit I've ever seen, which is when you go away to rehab and don't take her call for a month, you come back and do the six pack of Sprite gag, which is like some dumb shit someone would do on The Bachelor when they got out of the limo to break the ice with The Bachelorette. The Sprite six pack just killed her. I feel like they were in bed together 10 minutes from now. It's terrible. She's actually a terrible character. I don't like her. Yeah, she's a bad character. Rosillo, did you ever pull the, I'm going to want, our date isn't going well, I'm going to wander on these train tracks and, <laughs> and, and scare you to the point where you think I've just been murdered to try to revive the date? Does I've that had work? A few, yeah, I've definitely had a few nights that haven't gone great, but I would I would say that the, hey, just off you, some want, steam. you want to just, that's the best. It's like, yeah, I almost killed myself in front of a train, just blowing off some steam. Mid-2000s, he turns into a vampire in this movie. Mm. Remember, vampires are just hot. We couldn't get yeah. enough of them. And he starts to like, his eyes start turning. And then I think he would have like, in 2008, if this movie happened then, he would fly away. It's a great point. Um, one other thing I had was the uh, the ESU Timberwolves. Yeah. So let's just talk through this. They're playing at Wolf Den Stadium, by the sure. way, which I, I thought was actually pretty good. I don't know if anyone's stolen that since. But so ESU, we assume that stands for Eastern State University? I think so, yeah. Yeah, ESU. And Eastern we assume State. they're playing somewhere in the south Midwest kind of ish area. So it's where do you get the where do you get the Timberwolves from? Timberwolves <laughs> is definitely like high north borderline Canada. Well, uh, scholars will tell you as Western Kentucky was settled, a lot of the timber industry would would be on rivers throughout that area that actually made its way down to southern Georgia and and thus areas. So that's where you think the Timberwolves came from? I'm totally fucking with you right now. <laughs> I was hoping it was in Minneapolis. That's, that was only my guess. Well, if it, but if it was in Minneapolis, it would be way colder. Yeah. So Especially since you get late in the season. We see their last game of the prior season, and it appears to be in a driving rain. There's no cold factor at all. 
Yeah, but they have a different color uniform. They're in whites in that game. But you can't sure see it because they shoot yeah. in the same it's, field as the Miami Sharks in any given Sunday. It's, it's literally <laughs> the darkest scene ever. You're like, this program sucks. We're like, we're going to play some night games that you can't see. It's kind of part of our offense. And the Timberwolves thing, it feels like they come up with that late because nobody decided to just shorten it to the T-Wolves. Mm. Nobody's calling them the Timberwolves. Nobody's ever the said w- Minnesota Timberwolves ever. I no. think the, the wolf part of it, though, played well. I'm with I agree. the way the crowd did this and apparently they did a lot of that footage at halftime of South Carolina game for one of yeah. them so that was why you got those real fan reactions you can actually see fans as they're showing it that like they know they're going to be in a movie so there'll be a couple guys who are just doing the dumbest shit and it must be hilarious for those guys to go back and watch this movie 25 years later and see themselves so if, if let's all make a guess if you had to say what state was ESU in final answer what is it I'm going to go I think it's the state of Georgia, a little south, warm weather at the end, football crazy, recruiting hotbed. I think the state of Georgia. What do you have, Rosillo? Yeah, I don't think I don't think um, Joe's family. I don't think he's the kind of guy that was going to get on a plane. And then when you look at Max House, so it's got to be deeper south. It just has to be. Yeah, but Ryan, he gives his dad a plane ticket to come to the game at the end, so he'd have to fly to it, right? So he lives a plane ride away from campus. Yeah, but that's because he doesn't have a license. His dad doesn't have a license <laughs> at this point. So the only way, so it could be a 30-minute flight. That's a total jumper. <laughs> I think Georgia or Mississippi. Okay. would have been. It my feels th- a little like Mississippi. I mean, Max House looks like where <laughs> they declared like the start of the Civil War. You know, yeah, it's very like, antiquated. Yeah, it's like a that, lean two. Yeah, I mean that house is. So, it starts. It's like after they got done with that, they shot a horror movie in there. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. It feels deep south. I think Mississippi. I, I did a drive through Mississippi once. It reminded me of Mississippi a little bit. But then again, I don't know because none of the guys have accents. None of the townies have accents. Right. So, so the problem is there's no southern accents, and they're called the Timberwolves. Yeah. And if they're in Mississippi, that makes no sense to me. So I don't know. It, maybe they wanted to specifically make it so it wasn't in a state by just confusing us with red herrings left and right. Also, I think there's no Timberwolves anywhere in college football. So maybe that played a role. They didn't want to double up and be, you know, the Tigers or the Fighting Oh, that's a good point. Like it was just vacant. So like Timberwolves, that fucking works. Yeah, but I mean, you got the Wolfpack, NC State, this whole thing. I I really think we might be missing something historically with the timber industry. I just think it's worth one more time at least. Any loggers out there there listening, please tweet us and let us know. Would have gone maybe cheetahs if they had asked me. ESU mm. cheetahs. ESU cheetahs would be great. I feel like cheetahs has just been an undervalued sports nickname. I don't know what where people are on that. All right, so the program made twenty million dollar budget, made twenty three. Okay, sounds like a win to me. Yeah, good. But probably, uh, probably lost money then. Roger Ebert, three stars. Got? I'll take nice. it. Yes. He said, quote, by the film's end, I found myself simultaneously hoping that ESU would win its big game and that the school would pull the plug on its football program. I guess that's how I was supposed to feel. It's a perfect <laughs> review. He summed it up great. And then uh, Omar Epps said, obviously these guys, it gets brought up to them over and over again for the rest of their lives. Omar Epps said, the program has a very defined audience. There's no in between. The people that talk about that movie, it's very personal. Mm-hmm. Like, quote, that movie right there, that was my joint. So basically, that's Kyle Brandt. That's so me. if you saw Omar Epps, you would just immediately accost him about the program. I and guess. I love a lot of his work, but I would be like, I wouldn't be, call him Omar. I would call 
I would call him Darnell, and I would say, Darnell, you're a great actor, but indubitably going to be number one. And and then he would agree, and he would get it. But honestly, Bill, the Latimer factor looms large in the cult following, and that's I, I feel like it's it's like eighty percent of why I love the movie is because of Steve Latimer. All right, so I I have him coming up for what stage is the best. We'll hold that mm-hmm. thought. We're gonna take okay. a break. We're gonna do the categories. He's by the way, Latimer also in what's age the worst, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's all uh, yeah. yeah. He's he really runs the what's aged gamut. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll take it a break, come back. Don't you think some once in a blue moon moments should happen more than once in a blue moon? Like getting together for a Zoom chat with some friends you don't see all the time. Or maybe a distance drinks in the backyard. Well, Blue Moon is on a mission to celebrate and inspire more of those moments, just like looking for the special in the everyday blue moon takes a twist on the traditional Belgian wit. This has been a high caliber beer, really ever since they launched it in 1995. And you know that is true because if you ever had it in your fridge and you ever had friends come over and you ever offer them a bunch of different beers and Blue Moon is one of the options, guess what they're picking? Blue Moon. Why Blue Moon? Because someone was tasting the beer and they said a beer this good only comes around once in a Blue Moon Once in a blue moon should happen more than once in a blue moon. Why does it just have to be a Zoom every once in a while? Why can't it be for more celebrations? What about Sunday football? Come up with new ways to enjoy this. Whenever you reach for a blue moon, be reminded of the extraordinary. You can have blue moon delivered by going to get.bluemoonbeer.com and finding delivery options near you. Add a special touch for your holiday season with the brightness of blue moon brewed with Valencia orange peel for a unique, vibrant taste. Reach for the moon. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. All right. I'm really excited for these categories. Most rewatchable scene. First practice, which includes Darnell's first run in the fumble. Mm -hmm. The coach's iconic, are you hurt or are you injured question, which really made me reconsider everything I ever thought about pro sports and college sports and just how I feel about sports in general. And it's something I've actually said to my daughter. It works, doesn't Aspiring it? Aspiring college, college athlete. Yeah. And she's like- Did she get it? Yeah. It's like, my knee hurts. And I was like, are you hurt or are you injured? Jefferson, are you injured or are you hurt? What's that mean? Well, if you hurt, you can still play. If you're injured, you can't. So are you hurt or are you injured? Uh, I think I'm just hurt. That's good. Get up. What's and the she, difference, Dad? And she's like, "Fuck you, Dad." No, she didn't. Um, <laughs> but isn't no, but that it, a Parcells thing? Isn't that one is of the it? many? I don't know. I mean, he gets credit for a lot of quotes. Some of Parcells' quotes, I would, I would actually say, like over time, haven't aged that well. But that <laughs> yeah. was no. There's seriously, there's some Parcells ones where like you guys keep repeating it, and I don't even think it's that mm. true. But. I mean, I guess Parcells had the one where he goes to the kid. He's like, is he hurt? He's like, well, he doesn't have to play. He just has to kick. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the hurt or injured thing, I had heard prior to this, no? Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's well it's well done for the movie. I, I was associated yeah. with the movie, but yeah. it probably came before. Um, and you think it's over. And it's like, no, this scene's not over yet. Guns and Roses comes in. Welcome to the jungle. And now all of a sudden, we're in the pit and people are hitting the shit out of each other. And then- it goes right to Latimer. Then locker room, everyone's like icing. They're recovering from the practice, and he's fucking pressing four sixty five in the uh, in the weight room. And one of the coaches says, "It's not that hard to gain thirty five pounds." Shit, Latimer's an animal. All of a sudden, he's got to be on something. 
about steroids? How come you always think my guys are the ones juicing anyway? He's on the punt return team for three years. Then he gains 35 pounds of rip in one summer and an attitude to go with it? Gentlemen, we're not doctors. The NC2A has a testing program for this kind of thing. I suggest we let them handle it. And it's not that hard to gain 35 pounds over summer if you hit the gym real hard. It, this is an unassailable five minutes. I, almost <laughs> perfect, I would say. I don't even know what I would add. Um, Ryan? No, I mean, he does a clean and jerk and then throws 315 down and kicks it. And he yeah. starts, like, doing this spastic thing over the top of it, like he's mad at the weight, which is, mm. you know, I think what everybody's ultimate goal is when they're in the weight room, get mad at it. And he uh, he's incredible. And then, you know, he starts headbutting cars and bleeding, which apparently was what a real guy did at South Carolina. There was some Sports Illustrated article in 1988, and the writer saw that and was mm. like, I want to include, like, he was this tragic figure of a steroid abuser in college football. And instead, like a lot of writers, he goes, tragic. This guy's amazing. Like, I want him. I want this character in the movie. I always felt like the first Latimer scene where he's at the dive bar, which they do a great job with that. Like, to express a little bit of Joe's drinking dependency. Yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, we've got a pitcher of beer. And he just goes to the waitress. He's like, two tequila shots. They're both for me. And that's how I'm going to get my night started. Yeah. And I they almost think it takes a little too long to also notice that Latimer here has thrown on 35 pounds of muscle. It's like, oh, oh, by the way, dude, how's it going? You're enormous now. Because uh, he's just sitting there. And he's, he's, you know what's funny? It's for the longest time, I thought he was Sting, the wrestler. Mm. He looks oh, yeah, like him. So yeah, I was like, oh, that's what happened. That's what happened to Latimer. He became Sting. And you're like, no, that's not what happened. Well, well, I, had this for, that, I had this it's for what stage the best, but... For me personally, but there's a specific steroids era where the, I don't know whether they were, they were probably way worse for you. I'm guessing they were back then, but because you could see in the wrestling physiques too. It's the Ultimate Warrior was somebody who had a, a similar physique like this in the late 80s, but sure. where Latimer's body just doesn't happen now in 2020 because even if you're doing the steroids, they're just better. I don't think you're fucking just jacked like he was. So, you look at him and it's it's almost like he's an oddity. It's hard to almost listen to the dialogue in that scene because you're like, Jesus Christ, look at Latimer. What is going on? Guys, it's jacked. distracting. Every second that he's on screen that they're not talking about Latimer, you're like, talk about that guy. That's <laughs> right. the scene you're talking about, Ryan. Like, okay, so Joe Kane's looking at the fucking magazine. Meanwhile, there's a dude who has an onk necklace, which was so hot in 93, like a tie-dye shirt, this badass, like, Bon Jovi Crossroads-type haircut, which works, a bandana, and beers. And you're like, never mind the star quarterback. I want to hear about him. And mm. you're dead right, Bill. The, the one thing you mentioned is one of the smallest details of this movie that is so identifiable to football players at any level is after the ferocious practice with the Guns N' Roses when they're just laid out. They're lying on the floor of the locker room using their pads as pillows, and they're just dead. Every kid has done that in two days in high school or anything. And then the contrast to do, to go to the Royd Hulk in the weight room. And Rosillo, it's 315 overhead stand-up press. And what's staggering about it is the scene in which they're talking about him goes on for fucking ever. I think he gets 24 reps of 315 <laughs> over his head. I think it's a full two dozen. It, it never is. And then that thing where he, where he kicks it, like you said, we used to fucking do that in the weight room when we would drop the weights. We would kick it. Ugh! And like we're like, we want to be Latimer. It's so magical. I'm telling you, I love it. Yeah, I like when he's feuding with the weights. <laughs> yeah, he's pissed at those weights. Those weights disrespecting him. 
But the yeah. thing is, is like they do such a good job with him and his lines. So it yeah. feels like there's never any wasted Latimer scenes. So I know, you know, Dion Waiters and all that stuff that we'll get to. Yeah. I don't I mean, there's one other potential candidate for the whole thing. But as you open the pod, Kyle, he like that moment where they're trying to make it dramatic the night before the big game. What does it mean for you? Yeah. The shot, the music and his speech. Mm-hmm. He nails it. It's the battle. Going to war with the other guys. Hanging together. Having our own dorm. Staying in hotels the night before the games. Setting ourselves apart. Being different than everybody else. Having a chance to be somebody. To do something that people look up to you for. Your strength. Your courage. Not everybody can play football. We're the lucky ones. Like, I get goosebumps because, like, that is the part. Look, I'll tell you right now. I love more than anything I've gotten to do in my life in being at these college stadiums. And coming out of the tunnel when I don't even play and being at an SEC game on a Saturday night and coming out of that tunnel and looking at the kids that actually get to do it and are in pads and like, hey, we're going to go to battle tonight and let's see what happens. Like, I get chills for something I don't even get to do. And they sell that part of it really, really well in the movie. Mm-hmm. They do. I had that as a rewatchable scene. So mm-hmm. we, you just did it. So we don't need to do Sorry, it now. Uh, no, no, no. It's it's fine. Um, I next, one, next one I had was... Uh, when Darnell loses his football in class, which is just hilarious when it's just a scramble, but it's immediately followed by Latimer finding out he's starting and the iconic, yeah, place at the table. Starting defense, place at the table. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know why that isn't just on the internet all the time. It just seems like that should be on Twitter every day in some form. It should be the constant meme of that yeah. place at the table. There, there are so many things in this movie that were instantly duplicated by every dumbass high school coach and carry the football around all day was totally one of them. Like there's yeah. thousands of kids who were told to carry the football around. And I always find it fascinating about the place at the table scene. How dated is it that they type and print out the starting lineup and tape it to a, 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 a the glass window? I, I don't think that happens at all. You know you're the starter from meetings with coaches and practice time. Like, there's not like, what did you get on the final exam? That's it's a it really like. yeah, yeah. preposterous way of announcing it, but it makes for a badass scene when he traces that finger over. Holy shit. Hmm. Next one, uh, the first Mississippi State game, which has um, <laughs> the back fumble. Where he just destroys the guy. The Latimer helmet rip on the sack, yeah. which I think it's like a 50-yard penalty. And then <laughs> it's like Alvin, Kyle Turley. Yeah. Reminded me, yeah, Kyle Turley. Remember, he, was it Aaron Brooks? Yeah, he threw yeah. his helmet. Yeah. Well, he um, ripped it off, and Brooks' body is bending backwards. Good like, call. Uh-oh. And Alvin Mack, this is when we're like, oh, this guy, when he's doing the, hey, 23. Hey, 23. Don't think I don't recognize you, poop butt motherfucker. Hey, pay attention when I'm talking to you, nigga. What? You're the guy who shot my mother, aren't you? Shut up, man. You knew I never knew your mother. You're trying to steal a fucking car, you cocksucker. Where did I turn? You didn't think I was going to find you, did you? But I got you now, nigga. I'm going to bust your gut open and watch you die. 
And he's, he's just like, he's basically Mr. T 2.0, just uh, demolishing these dudes. And I just love Alvin Mack. And it's funny, that guy was a former football player who this was really it for them. He, mm-hmm. he It wasn't like he was in a million things, but I thought he was really good at this movie. And it was a good part, but he was really good. Um, yeah, just especially too, like, because I feel like we've done so much Latimer because he's kind of the headliner of the side guys. But Mac had a tough spot here. You know how cheesy that could have come off for somebody else? But he moved around because like, you were like, he played some college football. He moved around like a football player. Even in some of the research, he was laughing, being like, dude, you're not supposed to hit this much. And we're hitting all day long. And he's like, and Latimer was out there wanting to play. And he's like, you could just sort of tell like, yeah, you're really big, but you don't understand the movement. So he's going to move the right way. He's going to kind of come up and down the line. And then he's also going to come up with these heckles that were all very original and funny. And everybody wanted to say to each other after the fact, like, you're the one that you're the one that shot my mama. And he was yeah. like, what? You're the one who knocked yeah. out my baby sister. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> I, even though it was, it was like exactly, it, I think that's actually a very delicate thing and a hard thing to execute to make mm-hmm. it seem cool and original. And he yeah. was great with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one is the second loss without Kane. When, uh, when Matt gets hurt, Latimer gets bowled over. It's rewatchable mm-hmm. from the standpoint of, it's one of the famous scenes from the movie. I, I personally, it actually hurts to watch because Latimer getting pushed over is, you know, it's painful. That's our guy trying to also, get his Bill, shit I, together. I, I, this is kind of an unanswerable question, but what is the deal with Alvin Mack's injury? And why is it so bad that he will never play football again? He gets upended from behind. It's not a, a violent contact. And then so, okay, he breaks his leg. This was in the era where Jerry Rice had complete reconstructive knee surgery and came back and played. Why is it just a wrap for Alvin Mack? Why can't they well, operate did you and see, rehab him? So it's hard. Well, but it's hard to notice. And I think you notice it more on the on like a 50-foot screen. But his leg is like basically turned. Right. And if you if you look, it's like up to his knee is going one way and then his foot's like basically upside down. And I think if you saw in the theater, you'd be like, oh yeah, that guy's never playing again. I think on TV, it's a little tougher. In 93, that was a wrap? Because like we're seeing Alex Smith now and they did all those miracles on him. Yeah, I mean, that's Dak Prescott. He's going to get $150 million. I mean, his Mm -hmm. his ankle. I think it's a really good question. Um, But maybe they just knew Mac. I don't, I didn't like their medical team. Stretcher, five minutes later, you think? (laughs) (laughs) The uh, the last rewatchable, the entire second half. I just think you got to lump it all together. It's it includes the James Con mini pep talk. James Con has some issues in this movie. We'll get to uh, <laughs> Ray Jefferson finally throwing a good block. Latimer's third one stop with the snot bubbles, which became yep. a huge thing from this movie. And I don't know how they did it special effects wise, but it's it's really great. The James Con kind of staring him down for a second and doing the. I know you're still on the juice face, but then kind of just lets it go because they're about to win. Darnell has a great punt return that it seems like Omar Epps actually pulled off. We can talk about whether he was realistic as a runner, but uh-huh. he definitely caught a punt and executed whatever the script was to go 50 yards and took a pretty big hit at the end of it. Like it's yeah. just realistic. Yeah. Um, Darnell has the big catch. 
And then the you know, the biggest quandary of the whole movie is how do the fans not charge the field? What the fuck was going on? Was it not safe? How did they miss that? Kyle, what happened there? How do they not realize they should have I think done it's that? I think it's a fatigued fan base who is about to go to the Poinsettia Bowl and they're they're a little <laughs> tired of this team. And they, you know, Joe Kane only played the second half and looked like shit for most of it. And they're kind of over it and they just want to go drink at the frat houses. This is not an undefeated season. I think they're over it. Fair. Um, I, I also think you have to back up a little bit off the other thing, because after that Michigan loss, think about the week this program had and imagine how that would be covered today. Good call. So that night, you have Latimer with the assault, okay? And you'll notice later on when Latimer is getting his urine changed, he's in a different apartment, which leads me to believe that his roommates at the time were like, you're going to have to get a single. Like, if this is, <laughs> yeah. this is how you're going to act. Or there's another theory that's out <laughs> here. Here, the criminal. We can't live La with you yeah. anymore. Latimer already had a single because no one wanted to live with him, and he was trying to hook up with the girl. You know, obviously, yeah. it's, it's a movie, but that scene is at somebody else's apartment. It's just that party. So that's the party, which you'll also notice, I believe, one of the athletes from Can't Buy Me Love, apparently when he graduated from high school in Scottsdale, went to ESU, which I just thought was worth pointing out. Yeah. Um, and then Latimer goes Great in catch. after getting in trouble. It's an unbelievable delivery, uh, the way he delivers the line when they're like, you're going to miss three games. He's like, why so many, coach? Three games. Why so many? So many? You look like I didn't spend you for the whole season. <laughs> three games. <laughs> three games. Why so many? And then... You've got, <laughs> you've already got the, the the Bobby situation where he's sleeping with your daughter and yep. then she took a test for him, okay? Yep. Yeah. And then your star quarterback, who's off the rails, goes to a dive bar mm -hmm. on a different night. And there's no way that Joe Kane is afraid of 50 night drafts on a Wednesday. <laughs> so I'm assuming that's midweek. But yet, Darnell's his only friend that goes out with him, which doesn't Very make strange. any sense because Makes one, no sense. the white black thing, college football teams, there's no way a black freshman's only friend would be the white junior senior quarterback. A lot of it's positional. A lot of it is by race at times. And it also is kind of the Barry Bonds theory. You're like, is Joe have no other friends on the team <laughs> where the only guy that likes him is a guy who's a freshman and has only been there for a couple months? Then he gets into a bar fight and then he gets into a DUI. So that's a tough week for any program. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, and during a time when people right. cared about the Heisman, yeah. Exactly. So the, the 1993 Heisman candidate, like getting the DUI bar fight thing, would have been a massive story. And then rehab, which, yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't know what that does to somebody's, I don't know what it does to somebody's draft stock. I imagine Andrew Luck probably could have got busted for crack three times and still gone first. <laughs> but Lawrence I don't know too. If Joe, Joe Kane couldn't. <laughs> what do you have for most rewatchable scene, Kyle? Um, it's, it's the thing. It's, it's, it's strangely enough. It's not the game. It's the practice sequence that you talked about into the players, into the workout. But I will say a nitpick here. I don't like that. They use welcome to the jungle. That is an eighties song that should have this, that sequence should have had a Pantera song or a oh. helmet or something early. Glenn 90s. Danzig. Danzig would absolutely. I feel like the GNR was, was like six classes of ESU before that was a little dated, but I still spin think doctors maybe. <laughs> sure yeah they can't be wrong <laughs> little miss can't be wrong yeah could have been. what do you have for most rewatchable uh Rosillo? Uh, it's it's the fourth and goal it's it's iowa it's it's latimer okay. i know we're, so i'm not going to make up that it's a different one because that one it stings every time i watch it mm -hmm. i have the uh i like i really like the last 15 minutes of this movie 
And it, it's honestly not on enough. I don't know. You can find it. You got to rent it on different places, but I just don't know why it's on, not on TV all the time. Uh, special category just for Rosillo. Oh, great. Before we get to what's age the best, there's a lot of weightlifting in this movie. An inordinate amount. We get to see Latimer. We get to see Christy Swanson do leg lifts. We get to see whatever Joe Kane was doing. Um, I just wanted your ratings for for each character. What you saw, scouting report, um, what went wait, what went wrong. I know this is such an important theme for you. I I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I'm just going to do it for full transparency here. Kyle sent me a text earlier today and was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about going sleeveless," and I was just like, "For Latimer." Whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like I thought about going shirtless last night, but I didn't want to say it. So then Still I was time. messing with Kyle and I put a ton of weight on today just to screw around and see how I would do. And I was making a video for Kyle and I lost the right side of it and had to dump. You dumped? I had a dump in my right? garage. By, yeah, I'm fine. But it was, I was sitting there going, you idiot. You put on more than you've done in a while. And you were going to make a video for your buddy Kyle to show how pumped up you were on chest day to watch the program and do this rewatchable. And I had to like clip it on the left side. And for whatever reason, my, I just was weak today. I wasn't as strong as I thought I was going to be because I was so pumped up. I was sweating. I had like a good, I was like, I feel really good. And it was over 300 pounds. And I was like, oh man, you actually aren't going to get this. And it's on you the don't. video that I was going to send Kyle. And I obviously had to delete the whole thing. So no oh, oh, he sent me a yeah. still, he sent me a Come still on. pick. I was like, what the yeah. hell is this? This is the foreplay. Let's get to the main event. Let's see. We could have promoted the podcast me. with the video. Yeah. What you're doing. I mean, that would have been a great trailer. I've been able to get it before, and I thought, oh, yeah, you know what? Let's just throw this on. And just Ryan, try if it. you I need didn't... me to lift that weight for you, I can step in. That's See, no that's problem. where I think Kyle probably <laughs> deserves more credit on this part. I don't have much of an issue with a lot of the workout stuff. I don't. I mean, look, to sit in the lat pull down backwards <laughs> to hit on a girl is a little weird. I'm not a big hit on the girls at the gym kind of guy. I've never really been my yeah. move. I'm more about myself there. That's just me. That's just how I roll. Uh but it was weird. Behind the next stuff, I'm not even 100% sure about. I'd say there's a little bit of Latimer on that clean and jerk on the right side that I don't love. Looks a little loose. But he makes it work. So who am I? Um, and I know the knee, hab, the knee rehab is something Kyle has a problem with. Yeah, yeah I have just some seems, issues as well. You, 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 that didn't ring true to me at all. I feel like she didn't do any method acting. She never had her knee scope. Just feels like she was just going through the motions. That, that whole scene is awkward as hell. Well, she's got her knee scope that she's rehabbing but then plays tennis which is like one of the hardest sports on your knees i don't it's like, wait a second how are you doing all that this episode is brought to you by usaa insurance when you're a homeowner in the military community peace of mind is priority and usaa homeowners insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that if you have to file a claim the process is transparent and easy you can do it all right in the USAA app. And replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them. Which could put your wallet at ease too, by the way. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic for a limited time you can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like Hickory Barbecue and Cheesy Baja. 
crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken and buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. Uh, what stage the best? Latimer, who's also yeah. going to come up in what stage the worst. The the actor's name is Andrew Braniarski. Yeah. Who says, every day of my life, there's not a day that doesn't go by where someone doesn't yell, place at the table. <laughs> I believe it. He has been in a couple other things, including higher learning, which I, I he's kind of unrecognizable as a neo-Nazi in that one. I didn't even, Van and I, when we did higher learning, we had an argument because I didn't think it was Latimer and it turned out it was. He also, uh, he's got a very interesting IMB, IMDB. There's some, some, uh, some stuff in there, including Leatherface in a Texas Chainsaw remake. Uh, obviously this was his best role and- I would say, like, if you're making Mount Rushmore of football movie characters, he's got to be one of the first four people would mention. If you're like, hey, most distinct, most distinct character in a football movie, I would say he's top four, right? Mm -hmm. I think I look at Latimer like he's 1990s ogre. Like he's that's just that Donald Gibb is ogre. He, as much as we love Bloodsport, he's ogre. You see this guy Andrew Bernarski, He is Latimer. It's he should have switched his name to Latimer professionally and just done movies like this over and over. Um, I would ask you both, you guys, like I look at Latimer in this role. He's, I think he's a compelling actor. He's a physically amazing guy. He's sneaky, handsome. He's got great hair. Why didn't he start being the lead in like kind of shitty action movies after this? Like why, why wasn't he Jason Momoa or like low end Joe Manganiello? Like why couldn't he do it? Cause he's got a lot going on for him. Boy, what a great question. You're just speaking my language right now. I know. Sometimes sometimes this happens. You know, where you look at like Jean-Claude Van Damme where they just decide, yeah, let's put these guys, let's put this guy in an action movie every year, Chuck Norris. And yet Latimer, nobody put it together where he could have been some cop in LA solving there's somebody's killing dead hookers. Latimer's <laughs> got to find who it is. <laughs> and he's got to get some curls in. Yeah. I don't, I am, I'm with you. I don't know why he wouldn't have at least led one movie. Ryan, when he does the scene and he's fighting with Alvin and Alvin's pissed at him for getting butts for steroids and he's just like, well, not everybody has your ability, Alvin. You do what you have to do to play. Like, I, I, I feel that. I think it's a great scene. He can act. He has a look. Like, I don't know why this guy didn't immediately go to action movies and he just got lost and he's done. It, it's such a tough lane to fill, though. It is. Like, think of all the guys that you think, like Jeff Speakman, the ultimate weapon. Didn't work The perfect out. weapon, yeah. The perfect weapon, excuse me. Um, ultimate weapon was still in development, I believe. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've always had this theory about like morning shows, network morning shows. Okay. You can be attractive, but you can't be like stunning hot. You can't be distractingly hot on a morning show for networks because it's, it, it's still about the show, which I know sounds nuts because so many people are really attractive that are on these, these shows. But if you just went like full on Brazilian supermodel, I don't think that would ever happen. So the fact that Latimer is, I think, a terrific actor in this role, he's really good looking, the body's insane, those guys to have a mechanism built around them, mm -hmm. it doesn't play as well. Maybe that's not fair, maybe it's typecasting, but it doesn't seem like those guys, like Bruce Willis is more of an action hero, which sure. in comparison doesn't make any sense, but it's it's like the Peter Parker Spider-Man thing. It's not about Spider-Man. It's about playing Peter Parker. And I think that ultimately, no matter whatever kind of badass you are or how you look in the body and the superhero part of this, he's a freaking action figure. 
there's probably just limitations for a guy like that in Hollywood. Mm. Well, I think he could have been in Roadhouse too. It's Dalton's <laughs> younger brother who's just way would, more jacked. I bet, you, I bet you Swayze's like, I don't need this guy around me because I'm 5'8". Right, true. I uh, can picture him making love to Swayze in prison too. I mean, it, it works. He carved out a really nice- just got dark. <laughs> he carved out a really nice career for himself though with, if you look at the IMDb where he's in Necessary Roughness, that's where it starts. He's in the yep. program. He's in Street Fighter, Higher Learning. He was Zangief um, in Street Fighter. It's a great role for him. Any given Sunday, he played Madman Kelly. Yep. He's in Rollerball. Um, and then everything crests with, he plays Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. But he kind of was, I don't know how he wasn't in American History X as one of one of the dudes who was mm -hmm. friends with Ed Norton in prison. But for the most part, maybe, maybe he had his potential. Um, we're also going to have- Can we time out real quick? The speed with which Kyle corrected me on the perfect weapon is unbelievable. <laughs> maybe the highlight of the I entire the podcast. Power. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. We have- uh, like, Oh, the perfect weapon. <laughs> like, we wait. have Latimer coming up in What's Age the Worst as well. Don't worry. Okay. Next, What's Age the Best. Darnell versus Ray. I just kind of enjoyed that, that feud, how distinct the two characters were. Ray, they kind of- I, it seems like they modeled him after the I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe guy in Beverly Hills Cop. They're just it's like, Carlton just, versus the Fresh Prince. Right. So they just, they go that lane with him and then Darnell and you're just, nobody on the planet is not rooting for Darnell. And Darnell's mm -hmm. kind of a dick too. Like he's this upstart dude. Kind of. Like, I'm taking everybody. I'm taking your girlfriend, your job, <laughs> but you're rooting for him. It's weird. Well, Halle Berry sucks. Yeah, she, you said Halle Berry sucks in this movie? She's Autumn? terrible. Yeah. It's like, really hey, bad. okay, you know, by the way, like we're dating. I'm probably going to marry you. You're going to med school. Okay, we're at a party. He asked me to dance. I say yes and then break up with you. And you better be really hot and have your shit together for you to go outside <laughs> of a party and sit there in a in a park by yourself and have the girl follow you. Most guys, that doesn't work for it. Work for yeah. Darnell. Yeah. And poor, poor Ray's like, Wait, you're actually doing all of these things? I think it plants a seed for some of Halle Berry's struggles with relationships later on in real life. <laughs> do you? I, I just wonder, Billy, do you think if, when she was giving the Oscar acceptance speech for Monster's Ball, was she thinking about, what are you more afraid of, losing your girl or your position? <laughs> yeah, she was, like, she was like, that's when I knew I had it in me to win, to win an Oscar. I was meant I to do this off. for a living. <laughs> more would say it's the best. The Kane is able bumper sticker kills me. It's just okay. a great psych gag. It's really nice. The uh, we talked about all the speeches. The speeches we did not talk about the spitting, where they uh, Alvin Mack and Latimer spitting in each other's mouth, which um, they both say in the oral histories was was CGI'd after the fact, not real. Oh, spit. yeah, that's terrible. That's they, bullshit. They didn't really do it. No, they fake spit. Ah, so I know we're so disappointed. Um. So stop doing that with my buddies? Yeah, don't do that with your buddies anymore. Now more uh, than ever during COVID, don't spit in your friend's mouth. Yeah. More no, would say the best. Yeah, that's when, just a good uh, point in general. The quote, when was the last time 80,000 people showed up to watch a kid do a damn chemistry experiment? Just a, a great a great assessment of why football is more important to colleges than anybody else. Why and then, just stick um, that bow tie up your ass? <laughs> and how about that guy? How about the bow tie guy? Love that oh, guy. And we are an establishment. And then whoever the director was like, was like, look, I need 25% more horrible <laughs> academic. We guy. are not yeah. a football <laughs> vocational school. Right. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but this is not a football vocational school. It's an institute of higher learning. Yeah. 
It's so funny how they have to have that character in every movie in every like movie. this. Every movie. Every movie. Wear a bow tie. Somebody who, yeah, you can't just like, like sports. It's like once he happened in Roddy Dangerfield's old school, they're like, all right, we need new law. That yeah. guy with the convertible yep. foreign, he has to, mm. he's into antiques. He loves, he never buys paperbacks, that guy. <laughs> One more Woodsage the best for me. Darnell's theory for how to cheat with Halle Berry, where he says, just go to where white people go. It's like, we're skating. Now, next time we'll go bowling. I, I just thought it was really cutting edge. What else did you have for uh, Woodsage the best? Anything? Um, I, I would just, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but just the jock douchebag adrenaline factor uh, of the whole thing. They get what the young guys want. And uh, in 93, like in my high school, the goth guys had Trent Reznor. And the hippies had Fish, and the Abercrombie crew had Eddie Vedder. But like the jock asshole Pantera guys, Latimer was their dude. And they, th that was like their, they, if they had posters of Latimer, they would have put it on the wall. And the way that they maximized that with the fucking face paint and the skull and the Native American and everything, it's, I watched it last night and I, I felt like I was back in the high school weight room. They just, they nailed it. It was really good. Rosillo, anything else? Just Latimer deciding it's time to get back on the shit. <laughs> and they go a full, full ass shot. I mean, I I was like, they're in there. Um, yeah. When he injects actually, it was himself. a little rough on on the, with the nicer TVs. Now you could really it was a lot more Latimer's ass that I was right for. A lot of butt. <laughs> yeah, a lot of butt, and it was kind of like uh, it's kind of like a cornfield that hadn't been you know harvested yet. So yeah, it was yeah, it, it, was, it was abrasive back there, and then he immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I love every time I get accused of it. I've, I've never done it. I've been around buddies of mine that have shot up and whole thing. Not one of my friends has ever been like injection right into curls 30 seconds later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Of all things, curls with terrible, really dated dumbbells. Like that they, they look like uh brand from Goonies was using those dumbbells. They're like 20 years old. I don't know why he has those. Needs better weights. Yeah. Uh what What's age the worst? The Latimer sexual assault scene was, I hadn't seen this movie in a couple of years. Terrifying. That was way rougher and terrifying than I remember. And that's why when we talk about we love this character, that that scene is about as deplorable of a scene for a character that I think all of us like. And you try to justify it like, oh man, this guy was on so many steroids that it literally turned him into a monster. Um, it's a tough one to come back from. But at the same time, I went to college in the late eighties, early nineties. Like this was a real problem and was really, you know, it's still a problem obviously, but the lack of awareness for it at the time. And especially like with, with some of the contact sports and football players, stuff like that um, on those Saturday nights when people were letting loose, like bad shit would happen. And in a, in a weird way, this was one of the most realistic scenes in the movie. It's just really tough to watch. I feel like they would handle it in 2020 a lot differently. Like they would have him basically screaming or they, I, I don't think they would go as far as they went because they would think there's no coming back from this character uh, or for this character. I think in 1993, I, I got to say it, it was, it was uh, unfortunately pretty realistic for stuff that was going on in college campuses, but it's aged the worst because it's really tough to watch. I found it terrifying and it reminded me almost note for note of the, James Gandolfini, Alabama Whirly scene. Like, it's just like, oh shit, this is really, and same type of era too, early nineties. Yep. Like 
super intensely violent. You find yourself watching it, like, and you know that the friends are coming to stop him. But I haven't seen the movie in years. I was like, go, get in there, guys, get in there. Right. It's, it's a messed up scene. However, I do think to your point, Bill, like that shit was happening. And I think it was accurate and terrifying, but accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that also the part where the cast are so small to really emphasize like how yeah. how scary the scene was like that was yeah. something I didn't really think about the first yeah. time I'd watched it I, you know I didn't think about it. and I think we all consume these scenes differently now because the times are just different which also always leads me to like how are we supposed to talk about this when you go are we not going to see scenes like this now which I'm not saying that they should never be in movies anymore because I don't think that would be telling the truth and acting as if none of this stuff ever happens but that scene um it's important because I, I think it was important to go, you know what, like this guy's actually for all the things we think are funny and all the mm -hmm. stuff, it's like, actually he's, he's the worst character in the, in the entire movie. Yeah. And I think it's, that's why it's an important scene to have in the movie because this movie, I think the director is like Latimer is going to be the character you latch on in the movie, but do not like this person. Mm -hmm. This person you know, will cross any line to get where he wants to go, which is he wants to start for, for a year and he doesn't care if it makes him a monster. But that's also why he's such a great movie character because you're conflicted as you're watching it because he's hilarious in some scenes. He's really thoughtful in other scenes. And it's like, oh yeah, except for the part where he's a fucking monster. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's important. No, I mean, seriously, Billy, remember when we did Vision Quest again and we were sitting there and we're going, that Modine scene with the older right? woman that lit and he's like, they just wrote it like he was going to be super creepy and weird around her. And then it's like, no, he actually like jumps on her. Yeah. And you go, what, what, like, what is this? And he's just some, like, it goes from always oh, weird high school kid to no, this guy sucks. It was a different era, just in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And I, I think probably last 15 years, they got a lot more careful about when they're varying in this territory, how to do it, how to do it in a way that, um, isn't emotionally scarring. But anyway, that wasn't great. Uh, more would say the worst. I love James Kahn. He's just not great in this movie mm -hmm. and he's kind of playing the coach like the coach had a mild stroke right before the season but decided to keep going i don't really know what he's going for it just se he seems kind of like a shell of himself and it's a really strange performance if you're talking about him compared to the other great coaches in sports movies he's his name is not going to come up i think it's contrived a lot the football stuff there's one moment where he loses me completely and it's uh, Joe Kane is struggling throwing the ball. And Coach Winter says, come on now, keep that index finger on the ball. And like, that was a bad line. It's someone, yeah. some consultant told him that right before the take to say that. And it's like something you say to a six-year-old, totally loses me there. And the halftime speech is just like, was that really the best take we could get out of Khan? I, I think his best scene in the whole movie is when he kicks, uh, what's his name, Billy off the team. And he's like, yeah. you get the hell out of here before I kick the piss out of you. Like that scene gets me going, but that's an inconsequential scene. It's it's not the best. Uh, the best con scene I thought was with the academic board because he's struggling mm -hmm. so much and he knows he's lying and he's, he's just selling his soul to football again. So I thought he was terrific there. Um, you know, the stuff with, with Joe, I thought could have been better at times. Um, the stuff with the media was kind of funny. And I did research. I didn't know this, but Popovich admitted that he adopted the the coaching personality of of James Conn in this movie. So Popovich is really? like, I want to be just like him. Yeah. No, that's not you made that up. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know Rasilla's tricks now on the rewatchables. He likes to throw <laughs> fake info. Here's how you know James Conn didn't totally work. Name me the NBA game you went to where they're like, hey, we're gonna get the crowd fired up with a James Conn 
program scene. Doesn't exist. <laughs> it's never happened. Not in any NBA city. Uh, more would say it's the worst. The ridiculous rainstorm to start the movie, the first game. Yeah. What Was that a monsoon? Was that a typhoon? Was it in Southeast Asia? What was happening there? I, I've never seen it rain that hard in my life. Um, this is a big one. On. We, I can't believe we are at, what do you got? I know, I know what it is because so I can't I. believe it either. We're at minute, I got a prediction. Should we predict how we, we think it is? I already know what it is. I already. We've been over an hour. We didn't talk about this. I yet. would bet what? my life on what this so is. So would I. All right, well, go ahead, predict it. I the think deleted it's scene. Gonna, oh no, say? we have a that's coming. No, it's not. Oh that. my god, are you serious? That's not it. Because I, I can't no. believe we haven't talked about the deleted scene All right, yet. Bill, we if, should. Here's my guess. I think it's going to be uh, that Joe Kane is 32 years old. <laughs> but I get it. Kyle wins it. Yeah. 10 questions with Kyle Britt. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I guess so, I have to kill myself now. That sucks. See, see no, wait, but you weren't wrong because literally the next thing on on my list was was the deleted scene. But I, I can't just, believe uh, you really think I, I can't the whole time. I'm like, how have we not talked about the deleted scene? So go ahead. Do the 32 year old thing first. But I still think it's the deleted scene. First go of ahead. all, Kyle's wrong. He was 33. Oh, Jesus. He's he's got that kind of and that, a liar that slight receding hairline thing where it's like, it's really starting to go on the sides, but he's got, so he grows the front parts and he's folding them over. I have no idea why he's in this movie. Halle Berry was the other one. She's 27. She's got the hair extension. She seems well, like she's a teacher in this movie, not like a junior. I and know. I, I tell you, you saw the tweet I had last night, but at the end of the season, when they're at halftime and trying to get fired up, he dumps over the Gatorade. The old lineman's next to this other player is like a defensive back. He looks yeah. like Lionel Hollins. <laughs> I mean, <pass>. <laughs> <laughs> I, the Craig Sheffer thing to me is the biggest flaw of the movie because I don't think he's big enough to be a quarterback. I don't believe him. I also feel like that's such a such a good part in the right hands. It wasn't like they cast Brad Pitt in 2005 where they're like, hey, we need to open this movie. Craig Sheffer was like never that big of a star. And he's just too old. And you think about it the whole time. He he, It's just weird. It seems like he's an assistant coach. A couple of things. First of all, Joe Kane isn't even a senior. He's a junior. He, he has a whole other yeah. year left. So, <laughs> and I would, Bill, another rewatchables that I got to do was Teen Wolf. Which is more jarring, that Nick on the Dragons is still a high school student or that Joe <laughs> Kane is a college junior? I feel like you need a new category for just high school and college movies. And it's like the, the Gabriel Carteris, like there's no fucking way they're still a student award. And Great I think idea. it goes to Joe Done. Kane, which, by the way, Tim Wayman looks like he could be Joe Kane's dad. Like he is like in his mid 40s when he takes his helmet off at the end. So they're all over the map on this. The Gabriel Carteris Award is a wonderful Meaningful, awesome idea. And I'll okay. be adding that to the next high school, college thing. It, it, Craig Sheffer is so old in this movie <laughs> that it distracts you from how old Halle Berry is in the movie when she's like Great making call. Boomerang with Eddie Murphy at the same time. And yet you say, what's the other movie you're doing? Oh, I'm playing a sophomore in college in this other movie. Uh, I don't know why they did that. It's a mistake. So the deleted scene Rosillo mentioned. And it's it's it's... Too bad that they had to cut it because it's a really important scene to establish what a lunatic Joe Kane was. In the first scene we talked about earlier when he gets drunk, the next scene was him and a couple guys, they lie in the middle of a road as cars are flying by and then veering away from them to show like, hey, this guy's fucking nuts. This guy's crazy. And he's like, yeah, you know, they're lying on the ground. And then the movie comes out 
two two young guys get killed in real life, allegedly because they were inspired by the movie. Though I think I think people were doing this before that. Everyone panics and it gets cut out of all subsequent whatever this movie. It gets cut out of the VHS. It gets cut out of subsequent airings on Amazon right now. You wouldn't see it. It's on YouTube though, mm. so it does. You can find it there, but um. Sheffer, who I, I'm convinced more and more is just full of shit after the 65-yard thing. I, I just, I'm always grain of salt with him. What's he got to say? He said, quote, I don't know if David Ward would say it, but I didn't want to do the scene. Mm. I refused to do the scene. They called my agents and they were like, he's got to do the scene. So Sheffer, I don't know what kind of revisionist history is going on with him, but uh, he claims- Wait, he did he think it. it was real? Like Ward was making them actually risk their lives sitting down in traffic? Or is I, he I'm, saying like as a moralist because the influence of people- after, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really messes the movie up. It does. Because you can see exactly- Like, think about this. There's a movie that you're going to watch, but you're never going to be able to see this deleted scene unless you saw it when it first opened. And by the way, I didn't see it when it first opened, so I went to the theater after, and knowing that the deleted scene was taken from it, and back then, there was no way to ever find it. Like, even if you said, hey, in 30 years, you can find it on the internet, like, you would have just been like, what are you talking about? This is pre-internet, it's all this stuff. So it was a huge thing. Did you see it in the theater with the deleted scene, or did you see it without the deleted scene? And if you didn't see it, you'd be like, what was it? What was it? It became this thing that was this unobtainable deal if you weren't in the theater for it. And so when you finally see it, you're like, oh, whatever. Like, okay, they walk out from behind the bar, they're drunk. But it really establishes, it's a missing piece to the rest of the movie when you know it's not there because it jumps from Joe, party, quarterback, to, oh, he's like borderline suicidal because mm -hmm. of his family. And that's what leads to all these other acts and why he goes to rehab. And, who is and then when Khan grabs him and goes, hey, I know you went to rehab, and I'm paraphrasing all of it, but you need to go back out there and be the guy that everybody knows will you know risk his life for his team lead them be crazy to like that guy again yeah. not having that i can imagine you know look they had to take it out because they had to take it out but as a writer you go this <laughs> there's th there's this hole in the new version of the movie mm -hmm. that you can see it jump he goes from party guy to wait what the hell's wrong with this guy and that scene was really important to that development without it it, it definitely hurts the movie you know here's the here's Joe the Kane other thing kind of like poor man's maverick right like he, he needs to be living on the edge. He needs to do the flyby. He needs to go inverted with the MIG to show everybody how crazy he is. And it's like as if they took Maverick's MIG encounter out of the movie. It's like he's just kind of a cocky pilot. Joe Kane just drinks a lot. When you put it that way, it, it, they did need that. It's glaring. I mm. saw it in the theater with the scene. So it's just, it's always weird to me when it just cuts and the next thing is like he's doing a Heisman photo shoot or whatever's going on. Here's what I really don't understand. So like we got to get this scene out. The violent date rape scene. Let's keep that in. Yeah. The scene where he stands on the train tracks with the train coming to him and then jumps off at the last second. Let's keep that one in too. <laughs> but couldn't kids emulate the train scene like just as Absolutely. easily? I don't understand how you keep that and you don't keep the other one. And also like we see weird, crazy shit in movies all the time. So, you know, like I saw somebody made this point in one of the pieces about like Cliffhanger came out that year. Does that mean... They should have cut the scene where Stallone yeah. climbs the mountain without a harness because somebody might imitate that. I, I really, it bothers me that they cut this. I don't think they should have. I surf. I don't rob banks. Easy. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a moment where uh, the guy who plays uh, Styles said he didn't want to do the Wolfmobile scene, thought it was too dangerous, but the director called his agent and made him, and they just <laughs> he had to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, more with Sage the Worst, Christy Swanson playing tennis in jorts. Ray the Tailback. I needed a better actor. I needed somebody who had more of a plan. All of it was bad. Joe Kane, the obvious body double who was 20 pounds heavier than him, always bothered me. No college OT. Just mm. is kind of jarring when you're watching this. You're like, just wait, just kick the field goal. You got OT <laughs> coming. It's like, no, there's no OT. And last but not least, Chris Berman. It's the worst. Wait, what? No way. Back in I the like day, this was auto. Movie. Yeah, it was auto. Like, all right, we need, hey, get Berman on the phone. How much? I wonder how much those guys got paid for those back. I'm then. saying right, it's age the worst because he's doing the exact same shtick he yeah. does now on Monday Night Football <laughs> at halftime. Twenty seven years later, like wow, this is now three decades of this. See, right, I Phil. think it's been so long now though that it's it's all respect it's back. Yeah, oh, circle back to what's age the best. I, I I had a Berman unanswerable question. Do you think that uh, Tim Wayman? Do you think his name was specifically written to tee up Berman for he could go all the Wayman? Or was it just a coincidence and Berman saw the name and made it up when he got the script? Definitely, I think Berman, I think he went with it. I think he explored Early the 90s? studio space. Yeah, yeah. George Berman. Taco Bell, Jeff, <laughs> yeah. the, Jeff Brown the... Paper Bagwell, <laughs> Eric Sleeping with the Enemy. I know. So they I wrote never, it. I never heard like, Berman it's was doing an interview once yeah. and they were like, do you want to do something? He's like, eh, eh, eh. what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> and they were going, they go, all right, Jeff Conine. And he goes, layup, Jeff Conine, the barbarian. And they were like, oh my God. So I don't think it had to be written tailored yeah, for Berman because Berman, Berman's sitting there and they're like, hey, you got to do this college football movie thing in between halftime here. He's like, ah, okay, what do we got? Wayman, all right, yeah, the car. From Michigan. Three, two, one. Tim could go all the way, man. You know, he could, he'd be like, Van Pelt and I used to love doing fake ones that were just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, you know, Kyle, <laughs> General Brandt. <laughs> no. Right. You don't on my it. podcast. It's supposed to be bad on purpose. General Grant, yeah. I have a I have a real life example that <laughs> happened like, four <laughs> days ago. Sal and I are doing the podcast and he mentions Jeremy Chin. Sure. So on the fly, I'm like, Jeremy, double chin. Just did the Berman voice and we laughed, moved on. Next thing. Berman on Monday Night Football is doing the highlights. <laughs> does he do and it? does Jeremy double chin? He actually did it. He did the double chin. That's like, great. 18 hours after we joked about how that sounds like a Berman nickname. And Sal and I were texting each other, we're going Nick crazy. That's anyway, great. Chris Berman, he's aged the best and the worst. We're gonna take a break and then uh rip through the rest of the categories. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring comes with a lot of chores because, you know, spring cleaning. One thing you can clean up right away, your phone bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited talk, text, data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. $15 a month. That's like you can subscribe to two movie channels for that. I mean, what a great deal. Also, Super easy to switch plans. Everyone gets so intimidated by, oh my God, I don't know if I should switch my plan. It's not that hard. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash rewatch. That's us. That's mintmobile.com slash rewatch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for a first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 
40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, Casting What Ifs. David Ward said in one of the oral histories he wanted Johnny Depp for Craig's role. Saw him in 21 Jump Street. Thought, this kid's going to be a star. Um, Didn't want to do it. Not mm. a big sports fan. Said he probably wasn't a good fit for him. So that's too bad. I, by and by then, the way, finding out that Depp wasn't a huge sports guy. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Come least on, David. surprising Ward. Hollywood tidbit ever. <laughs> Here's the actual quote on Sheffer, who did get cast as Joe Kane. Okay. Here's the actual quote Rosillo mentioned earlier. I actually got cast by throwing the ball. I went out with David and I didn't know how far I threw it, but it was probably 65 yards or something like that. I threw it between two studios right in the Disney lot. I threw like three or four bombs and he was just like, okay, this is cool. I believe 20% of that. I believe the Disney lot part. That's about it. <laughs> 65 feet, I think he might have been talking about. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Mahomes doesn't throw 65 yards sometimes. I think they just wanted to make sure it looked like he could throw a football and they were good. The 65 yards, like how many QBs in the league right now could throw 65 yards? Less than half? Okay, first of all, a lot of, the, a lot of the guys could throw at 65 yards. Cam yeah, Newton cannot throw at 65 yards. Yeah, right Cam Newton would be a no. Uh, <laughs> Phil Rivers, yeah. no way. Okay, well, what are we going to list how many quarterbacks can throw over 65, 65 yards? yards is a, that's a real number. It's a hefty throw. 65 yards is from the 45. Well, now we're going to talk. The 35. Uh, 35. That's 35 throwing a Hail Mary from the 35 to the end zone. It's a Hail Mary. 35 yeah. to the end zone. I, I, I still think enough quarterbacks that would load up. There's there's a longer list there. The point, the point of the whole thing is, is that he says that's why he got casted. They let him throw one fucking real pass in the movie and then use the double. And then they admitted, the other people admitted, they're like, yeah, he was a little weird on some of his throws. Like everybody in the oral histories talking that his release wasn't all that great. Mm. I, there's no maybe down a maybe it rolled down a hill. Mm. Yeah, maybe mm. he counted it like a punt. Like he counted the he roll the after path. it hit the. Yeah, <laughs> it's not as bad as uh, like Rudy Stein and Bad News Bears or like some of the iconic terrible throwing motions we've had in baseball and football movies. Sure, Freddie Corbin Prince Burns Jr. Summer Major catch. still kills me. Yeah, there's been some bad ones. This would be a good spinoff series for us. Do you want to maybe, like, on a B-side of this, do a list of which guys can throw 65 yards or not? Yeah, it's sure. an interesting Let's do it on your podcast. Yeah, after the, after the pod, we'll just do it on I yours. I think you should do that in, a, like, a huge bye week for Good Morning Football. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I think it's funny he picked 65 yards because I really do think that's sort of, like, right at that Mendoza cutoff line. Like, if he had said 50 or 80, those were, but that's right in the heart of it. Drew Brees, not a chance he's throwing 65 yards, even when he's healthy. We got we yeah, another Yeah, Ryan, one. I think it's half the QBs. I, I, I think, think it's more than half. I, I think we're probably doing one of these things where we're all agreeing, but I jumped you as if you were saying it's not that many, and I think it's more. I, I just think that, look, in a non-game situation, <laughs> standing at the 35 and having to get it to the end zone, there's still a lot of professional quarterbacks that could do it, but yeah. in the course of actually doing it in the game, you're right. Like I don't think Cam could. Breeze, no way. I don't know if Roethlisberger could. Any, I don't know. There's a lot. We'll do it on the B-side on somebody's right. podcast or show. Best that guy, aka the Joey Pants Award. I got two great ones. Okay. One is one of the offensive linemen eventually became the big guy on ER. He was yeah. like the medical assistant dude. And uh, and those are the only two things I knew him for. But he was actually like kind of a weirdly important side character on ER. And then the other one, you mentioned how great Joe Kane's dad was. Rousseau, we did Vision Quest. That was Elmo the chef. Gave oh the big gosh. speech about Pele. 
That's so, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that guy, Elmo the he's, chef, Joe Kane's yeah, dad. What the hell's that guy's deal? Like, hey, we need you to just outshine the room in these bit pieces. <laughs> right. Because he's an incredible actor. His yeah, scene good. on the couch, you know, granted, the Merry fucking Christmas with the beer cans as decorations. <laughs> You're like, hey, you go, what are you? Hey, Joe, what are you doing for Christmas break? <laughs> Going home. <laughs> Well, it's like, I don't know how Duvall, Robert Duvall, guys like that, Pacino, I don't know what happened to Elmo the chef, but I, I feel like he was right there from a talent standpoint. The uh, Latimer wins the next two. We don't really need to debate it. The Deanne Waiters Award and the Vincent Hanna Give Me All You Got Award for uh, mm-hmm. spectacular overacting. He just, he it's not even worth a debate. I do have a new award just for this one. It's the reverse Deanne Waiters Award for worst heat check in a movie. It's Bo Schembechler. <laughs> inexplicably being thrown in the booth and just on autopilot as an announcer. It's like, yeah. why didn't they tell him to like have a pulse? It's just awful. I feel like they had very little time with Bo that day and mm. they worked with him. They gave him two takes and Bo had to go, but you needed some sort of, of all the wacky things back then in the announcer's booth, you know, that's when Rob Schneider was doing Necessary Roughness and obviously yeah. Bob Euchre was doing Major League. Oh, that was all fun. And the, the they could have cut the Schembechler stuff. It dies completely. It, 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 pointless scenes to me. Bizarre. Yeah, a lot of the play-by-play color stuff wasn't great. I thought the media scrums were better than that part of it. One of the weirdest things that kind of plays in line with that Schembechler scene is later on when the boosters decide to look outside of the glass window. And it's as if, hey... How many boosters can we get to stand in this one spot and watch the game behind the glass? Like, let's try to get 30 deep over here, (laughs) as if any booster would say, this this is an, we only have one spot to watch the game from. It's good. Next category is for casting couch. I'm going to give you two choices. You tell me which one you rather would have liked. Will Smith. Will Will Smith where? As Darnell McDonald? Darnell Jefferson. coach. Yeah. Or Darnell Jefferson. Or Latimer. Yeah. Latimer, coach. He could do anything. Here are your two choices. You could have Robert Duvall as the coach in James Conn's part. He's coming off. This is okay. right around the time when he starts doing stuff like this because he's in Days of Thunder with Cruz. Sure. Right before is like the pit boss guy. So th- it's not unrealistic that he would have been in this. Or young Ben Affleck is Joe Kane. Mm. So Ben Affleck is in the Dazed and Confused. He's big. What was too. his character in Dazed and Confused? What was his name? I, I'm blanking. Albert Stram or what? what I, yeah, whatever his name was. So he's Hercules. purple. Right. So he's uh, he's big enough to do it. He would have been realistic because he would have been around the age of it. And I was thinking that would be that would have been a better, more realistic Joe Kane. So which one you got? You could have Duval or Affleck. Which one would you want? I definitely want Affleck, the athlete, the size, plus like Affleck's run into some issues in his life with with substance abuse mm. that he could probably get near into. And also, Affleck also delivered the all-time after-school special steroid abuse uh, movie. So, like, he's got all kinds of connective tissue to the film. I, give me Affleck as Joe Kane. That's how I feel. Rosilla? Khan mails it in in too many different scenes here. I don't think you could ever put that on Duvall's scattering report. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way with this one. Mm, okay. I don't Kane's age doesn't bother me as much. Some guys age differently. It's genetics. Okay. Mm. Half-ass internet <laughs> research. Latimer and uh Alvin Mack played teammates at necessary roughness. Mm-hmm. That's and why he, I think that Dwayne Davis, I think his name is, who plays yeah. Alvin Mack. I think he's the that guy because he plays a receiver in necessary roughness. And the best part is. He plays a football player in fucking Beetlejuice in the underworld when he's like, coach, I don't think we survived that crash. So like he's playing a football player three times and he's the guy. That's why I like him as that. 
Yeah, he's almost like he's not a that guy. He's just Alvin Mack. Yeah. I don't even, I just see him. I'm like, oh, there's Alvin Mack. Omar Epps, Christy Swanson, and Andrew Bryanarski were also all in higher learning together. Uh, we mentioned the South Carolina thing. Uh, you can see it if you look carefully when they have shots of the fans and the, everyone's in orange, even though nobody in the game is wearing orange. So that doesn't totally work. Dwayne Davis in one of the oral histories gave Wait, us this. South Carolina's not orange, though. That's weird. Yeah, I don't understand it either. Uh, oh, so it said in the, the game, maybe they're playing Tennessee. Mm. And that's why you oh, had the orange. Right, there you now. go. Okay, all right. Here's what Dwayne Davis said. I'll let you guys decide what your shit detector is on it. I actually blew out my knee sophomore senior years at Mizzou. During filming, I broke the metacarpal in my hand. Because I played, they asked me if I would do a lot of my own stuff. The only thing I didn't do was when Alvin got cut and broke his leg, I didn't do it because that's what happened to me in my college career. The two stuntmen that did it both blew out their knees on that play. What? So I watched this. I I don't want to make Dwayne Davis mad at me because <laughs> I feel like he would beat me in a fight pretty sure. easily. Uh I don't think the stuntmen blew their knees out on that play. I, mm -hmm. I slow mode it. I just don't see it. I don't know how you guys feel. All right, let's try to give never get hurt. I yeah, mean, like not in that. Let's try to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Okay. It feels like both watching the hits that we all agree with, like these guys were knocking the shit out of each other and put it in a movie. Like mm -hmm. whoever was getting hit, these guys were getting hit. To have movie people just be around and make sure that you're only hitting into each other nonstop, like basically with movie supervision, but not football supervision. I can, I could see guys getting hurt. I could yeah. see that. That seems like a, a double dramatic. ACL blowout seems a little yeah. excessive. Yeah, it, it does seem excessive, but I could also see a version of this where these guys were hitting each other so much as Bill said off the top, like you're reading about it going, are you serious? You guys just smashed the shit out of each other the entire time. And Max in real life is like, I couldn't believe how much they were making everybody hit. I mean, if this movie mm. came out today, OTL would have done a week on the making of the movie. Bob, Bob Lee comes out <laughs> of retirement. I'm like, um, a movie is about to hit the theaters, but... <laughs> Let's go to Tom Rinaldi, who's going to make someone cry. Joe Kane's stunt double for the actual football scenes was former USC star quarterback Mike Hold. Mm -hmm. I don't know who that is. He wasn't a star. I just threw that in there. Um, I believe that. The, the, the ISO shots of Joe Kane's passes are absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful rotation, tight-ass spiral. Uh, yeah. I, I believe that. And they should have used him for more. And by the way, that's that's the USC, that's Southern Ca uh, South Carolina here, just in case everybody oh. needs to understand it. So, you know, okay. a lot of people listening to this would probably make the USC assumption about Southern California. Oh, He's when actually, I did the research, I thought, it was U I thought it was OJ USC. I didn't realize it was South Carolina. Yeah. Well, I'm sure USC loves being known as OJ USC uh, from <laughs> Bill. But yeah, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina is also USC, and they'll kind of get pissed about it, but you're like, hey, sorry. Like, yeah. You know. OJ like did win that. He win the Heisman. He became a huge star, and he killed his wife and a waiter. I don't know. True. North <laughs> what? Wait a minute. What, is, what are you doing? I was just right making now? the case for OJ USC. Uh, wait, more half-assed research. So they filmed it during uh, South Carolina's October thirty-first game against Tennessee. The Gamecocks on a two-game winning streak. It was a big game. They had sixteen minutes to film action for three games. The Mississippi State game, Michigan game, and the Georgia Tech game, they had 16 minutes. Uh, guys came out there. Everything was scripted. And then on the last play, Mike Hold, who is the Joe Kane stand-in, uh, they have 30 seconds left. And 
he fumbles, mm. which they have in the movie, and it bounces a couple times, and he actually picks it up. That was not in the script. Mm. It was actually the guy fucked up. And then he had to do the sidearm pass to Omar Epps and Omar Epps caught it and got hit. But all of that, they basically like, if they didn't nail it on that shot, they would have had to like fake it later. So well, little drama, know, little sports movie shot drama. Is that it's a forward pass. It should be incomplete. If you watch it again, his hand is going forward. It's not a fumble. It's a terrible call that would have been reviewed now when Kane quote unquote drops the ball full hand moving forward, which would have whistled the play dead and complete, and ESU would have lost. Right, no replay back then. No, and mm-hmm. it was a bad call. And, they and missed it. it. It's, it's kind of funny that because he regains control of the football, they decide on the edit, let's keep it in. Yeah. To me, it was too much. I mean, the play already has a million things going on. Then it's yeah. like, hey, how about a little fumble? And he <laughs> recovers it on, on his own. They love that screen, though. They love throwing in the running backs. I don't know mm. what these sets were. It must have been jumbo sets all the time. So you mentioned they based Latimer on Tommy Chalkin, who is, there's a Sports Illustrated article about that guy. It's called The Nightmare of Steroids from 1988. So Ward used that guy. He also used a quarterback named Tom Bill, who played at Penn State, had the whole alcohol rehab thing. And then the thing with the quarterback dating the coach's daughter was the Sally Nessie Mm. story. So he stole that. Here's Here's more bragging from Sheffer. What's he got? What's, what's, what's it's got? great how long it took Bill to kind of warm up to what he really wanted to do this entire <laughs> podcast. Shefford, quote, I took some big hits. Some of it's on film. I got upended and did a full 360. Wow. Might believe that. I don't know. Hasn't had many uh, hits since then, though. Apex I Mountain. thought I thought <laughs> the, his joke. quote in one of the things I read where he said, Iron Man, <laughs> that was based on me. Wow. <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> Marcelo's <laughs> really exploring the studio space of this one. Apex Mountain. Omar Epps, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Kind of peaks here. He he has the higher learning, but then I think when he went on ER, that's when the wheels came off a little bit. But coming out of this movie, I was like, what's next for this dude? Mm-hmm. He's he's one of the great sports movie actors we've ever had. I loved him back then. I really yeah. did. Yeah, so did I. Uh, I think everybody loved him. I don't think there was an anti-Omar Epps opinion out there in the 90s. So, um, and this was a year after Juice. He's got higher learning coming up. Good run for him. Next one, Halle Berry hair extensions. I would mm-hmm. say Apex only because she never did it again. Craig Sheffer, yes. Also, the Apex Mountain for Craig Sheffer, tall tales after a movie because I'm not <laughs> sure I believe half of his quotes. <laughs> Didn't Sheffer say that he got a letter from Bill Parcells about trying out for the, the Patriots after this movie came out? That they actually were looking for him to back up Bledsoe. I read that. that no, it was gonna, true. Yeah, it was right. True. Yeah, you heard right. that right. He's, he had said, "He goes, I just, Come on. I'd love he to have you milling. around." He's like, "I'd love to have you around the program." That's it. <laughs> it's good. Uh, Christy Swanson, I probably Buffy the Vampire Slayer for her. Ferris, too. Yeah. The guy played Latimer. Absolutely. So here's a good one. I have two left. Here's an important one, though. Was this the Apex Mountain for steroids? I thought that might come up. Um, (laughs) Because right after this- Why do you sound so sad? (laughs) Vince McMahon has the steroids trial right after. Baseball has its reckoning coming with Bonds and McGuire in the late 90s. Yeah, This is still kind of the- 
sweeping it under the rug steroids era, and it kind of peaks here. And in a, in baseball, huge power surge in '93 in baseball. I don't know. I think you can make the case. It's wildly irresponsible. The the, the whole movie says. Use steroids, you'll be a great football player. And the second you stop, you're going to suck. So start again. I mean, it's an infomercial. It's steroids porn for two hours. I mean, it's terrible. So I, I actually think I agree. They don't think they've ever been, maybe Drago taking them in Rocky Four, but that was a brief one scene. Yeah, but he was Russian yeah. and Russians do bad yeah, stuff all like the time. Milk. So everybody knows that about Russia. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, uh, yeah. did you guys have a urine guy at Princeton? Oh, a swapper guy? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. His name was Kevin. And if you need a quick one, he was a hundred bucks and he would come over and he'd, and you'd be like, what are you doing down there, man? And he'd be like, don't worry about it. Taking the After good, the dope urine out, put the good stuff in. It was great. After you're already hooked up to the urine machine, yeah, was whatever cool. that was. Yeah. By the way, how old was that guy? 40? Who's that? Why is there a campus urine guy who's in his forties? <laughs> I had him crazy. down for that guy. That actor is in A Time to Kill. He plays one of Kiefer Sutherland's <laughs> clan brothers. He is. He's in a clan enlistee, the urine guy. That's Look up one. in A Time to Kill. That's wow. a great one. I had that in picking nets, but we'll just cover it now. They apparently it's an impossible medical procedure. It's it's <laughs> oh, just, they right? completely made that up. Yeah, there's no way you can actually inject urine into somebody's kidneys. It's actually impossible. Also, where do you get that cylinder that he puts in the toilet paper dispenser that just twists in magically out like that? It's like something right. you get in a James fucking Bond movie. Where do you get one of those things? There's no Amazon it's back great. then. That, uh, that thing works out well. Latimer was uh was great. Yeah. Uh Last Apex Mountain. Apex Mountain for people realizing that Michigan fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did go on to share a title just a few years later, which is their only title in like 60 years of football. Brian Greasy. Because I feel like my my generation, people are in on Michigan for a while. Mm -hmm. Like the, the people like me who didn't care about, you know, have a specific college football team that competed with them. And somewhere around the 90s, it turns. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this was the start of when it turns. Because in the 80s, you had like the big chill. It's like, oh, cool. These people all went to Michigan. They really loved it. And it was like very favorable pop culture of Michigan coverage. And then mm -hmm. here it turns. And this is where the real Michigan starts to come out. It's Lloyd Carr era Michigan. It's successful mm. Michigan, I think. And they got the Heisman. They, they are kind of loathsome. And the way Tim Wayman never acknowledges Alvin Mack's shit talking and completes the pass and takes the hit and probably goes number one in the draft. It is kind of loathsome. They Not with that body. Factor. He's like a second rounder. A <laughs> uh, couple yeah, of picking nets. Yeah, right. <laughs> couple of picking nets. I don't think anyway yeah. Ray lets Darnell cut on the dance with uh, Halle Berry. I just don't see any scenario oh, come on. in any movie where that totally happens agree. ever in, okay. in What's more any believable? form of life. I don't know who cuts in anywhere. I mean, what are you, right. Errol Flynn? <laughs> okay. Like this whole cutting in is Apex Mountain cutting in. They weren't doing it when we were kids. And yet it's somehow in it's it hangs on in movie lore where they'll be like, hey, do you mind? How about you mind if you fuck off? And so there's that part of it. But what's less believable is that he would change the play for the guy that's now sleeping with his girlfriend. So yeah. as unbelievable as that part is, there's no way he'd be like, and by the way, it's like in 90 real minutes of time where you go <laughs> earlier, I blew a block. Right. But you know what, Darnell, go in and win this one for us because <laughs> yeah. for, so, for, what it, for no apparent reason, I've completely decided to change my tune to you. Let's do and this half together. Halftime, he says, fuck Autumn and fuck you too. And he throws a drink in his face. That's <laughs> right. 10 minutes prior to that. <laughs> yeah, right. They fought. They also, what's fought. age the worst, Bill? What's age the worst? Uh, Ray Griffin's sweater that he's wearing in that party. That's oh, a rough, yeah. rough. But not his khakis. But not I had khakis. that sweater. Um, more what's age the worst. So before the last kickoff, Darnell licks his hands. 
<laughs> I mean, it's among the many. We you mentioned some of the other egregious mistakes he yeah. makes. Uh, that one was weird. I didn't get that one. Oh, we know what so, I love though is the Newman gloves. Shout out to anybody around that yes. era. And then I kept rocking the Newman gloves in softball, early two, late nineties, early two thousands. The big and if you didn't have Newmans, you might as well not even show up. <laughs> More would say the worst. We mentioned the uh, the the pretty brutal uh, sexual assault almost yep. scene, but then right after they're talking to the coaches about it, it's like. She's her dad's a big booster. He's fine. He's not happy, but he's going to drop charges. It's just like it's resolved in two seconds. First of all, as a dad, I I just feel like it's like no, you know, let's do what's best for the program here. I'm I'm positive that's not the reaction of any dad. So anyway, that was bad. And then um, so we talked about ESU's bowl game eligibility. Mm-hmm. So. If they win their eight and three, if they lose their seven and four, I don't know what the bowl game scene was like in '93. But aren't they going either way at seven and four? Is the yes. seven and four at least get you no, playing on uh, like December 26th? Maybe I don't know. What the, I mean, the bowl game total now is like 45 bowl games, so mm-hmm. like 90 out of 120 plus make it. It wasn't like that back then, but it wasn't like it was our parents or something where it was actually like a huge deal to be in a bowl game. So I'd imagine seven and four probably gets you in, but. I don't know. I mean, I can look it up real quick. How many bowl games were there in 1994? I think they're looking at the pool and weed eater independence bowl. Like that's, you're getting in, you're getting your free backpack and mouse pad. And like, that's it. Uh, we got it. Somehow we're at the one hour, 40 minute mark, which I, I'm really proud of us. Great oh, you know what? My expectations. I'm, not, I'm not sure if they're in a bowl game. It's only 19. So it's more than doubled. Oh, okay. Then. Fair. Um, could this be remade as a 10 episode Netflix show? Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably unanswerable questions. First one. Did Brett Favre model his career after Joe Kane? Oh, it's really Think close. about it. Really think close. about it. First of all, we think this movie might have been filmed in Mississippi, which is where Brett mm-hmm. Favre went to college. Brett Favre famously had a ton of painkiller, alcohol, all kinds of shit, was super reckless, kind of carried himself like Joe Kane. I think he would have been the only quarterback I could see hanging out with Darnell the freshman for no reason, just the two of them. Um, I don't. He okay. was just walking around with Edgar Bennett when he was a rookie and like it was best <laughs> yeah, friends yeah. with him and Dorsey Levin. That doesn't Levin. make any sense. I, <laughs> okay. I think more guys would have liked, at this age for Favre, he would have had more friends than a new freshman running back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I think he is very Joe Kane-ish. Most depressing sports movie injury. You guys both have to answer. I'm going to give you four options. All right. Alvin Mack, Jerry Bertier, Booby Miles, or Lance Harbor. What, out of those four, what is the most promise stolen away from us as football fans with those four careers. I look at Lance Harbor and he's going to go on to a coaching career. So he'll have prosperous times ahead. I don't sympathize for him. I honestly mean this, the scene between Frank winners and Alvin Mack, when I'm never going to play again. Am I coach? It, 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 it's heartbreaking. It reminds me a little bit of the Donald Gibb, Jean-Claude Van Damme anywhere. I'll be there right. for you. My friend brings the tears. It's a great take. I love you, my friend. Um, I go Alvin Mack as well because I think he's a top five pick. I think he plays for 15, 16 years, maybe even a little early Ray Lewis vibe to him. Mm. Um, Ends up like on Arizona or some weird team. And it's just like seven Pro Bowls. Becomes like the dominant middle linebacker. I I think that was our biggest loss. What do you think, Rosillo? Tell the truth. uh, I'm surprised you weren't more serious about this one considering the concussion in concussion, the movie with Will Smith is a real matter. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth. 
<laughs> I named it CTE. It came to me like the gods, or you just stole the name from somebody else. What conference was ESU in? We could never mention, we could nope. never figure that out. And then, uh, was Joe Kane a first round pick? Not, nah, yeah, I don't think you can go to rehab and have that throwing motion and then be a first rounder. <laughs> uh, if he kills it his senior year and he stays clean and not he in stays that a whole offense. other year. His yard know. per attempt have to be like five. <laughs> so you think maybe like so. fifth rounder, maybe teams trying to turn him around, get his shit together no. off the field? I think the no. comp is Jake Plummer. I, I think he is a, a carbon oh. copy of Jake Plummer, and Jake Plummer turned out to be a good pro. I don't think he's a first-round pick. Maybe second, but I think that's where he goes. I'm, th I'm thinking third. Okay. Uh, all right. Most important question of the podcast. What piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie? Oh, the door knocker, Mac. Yeah. Doorknob. Yeah, the Mac family doorknob thing. Yeah. Uh, Rasilla, what do you think the Mac family home would go for on uh, Airbnb? What, what would be the rental rate? Oh, on you're that? buying the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think those, I don't think that, you know, I like people on flip shows, but like, it's got good bones that I don't. I don't trust the guys that that did the framing of that one ahead of time. Not a, not a, according to code. I would take anything I can get from Latimer, uh, maybe his onk necklace, uh, probably his neck roll that he wore. He he launched the neck roll industry as someone like Kylie Jenner would now on social media. Every asshole with a, a tool CD and his disc man had to get a neck roll after Latimer wore it. So I'd get the neck roll. Yeah, Steve Grogan tried to make that a thing and it just didn't work because he was a quarterback. Do you know uh, how jacked up your neck has to get for that roll to prevent your neck from going any further? Right. No. <laughs> right. I uh my pick is so I don't know if this is possible, but Latimer's entire urine sample replacement kit. I just think it would be a great thing to bring out every once in a while from the garage. Sure. Be like, hey, guess what this is? But the easier probably you know, more palatable version would just be the the thing that he shoved in the, the James Bond urine sample thing. Mm -hmm. A movie used urine sample from Latimer. <laughs> I just feel like that that's gaining value as the years go along. You keep that in a wine fridge. That's an entertainment yeah. piece when you have company. It, yeah, or, or underneath the TV, like next to maybe an award <laughs> or something else, the, the game used urine sample. I still sample. don't understand. His dad was sleeping outside on the porch on a couch. <laughs> it was the TV's broken. Wait, can't, can't you go over to Jackie B's and watch it with Jerry? <laughs> I love his dad, man. I want to party with his dad. You know, and it is what makes this movie a 90s movie is in the 80s, I think his dad's in the seat for the last game. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. come on, yeah. son. In the 90s, all right, no, dad's not there. That Fuck seat's it. empty. We're going dark. We're going black hole, son. Soundgarden. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was the other, I, I forgot to mention that on the Woodstage, the worst is they didn't take advantage of some of the, you mentioned earlier, but there were, there were a couple nice spots to make this movie feel like it came out in 1993 yeah. musically, and they missed all of them. All right, who won the movie? Ryan? Michigan. Mm. Um, Vladimir. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's the first thing you think of when you think of this movie. I think when uh, when you walked out of Rocky IV, it was like, holy shit, Drago was so fucking cool. And I think when you walk out of this movie, you want to uh, take steroids and paint your face like a skeleton. I, I think it's Latimer. But quick shout out to Iowa football, who also, they take out Alvin Mack and Latimer on one night and on their in front Kinnick Stadium. It's a hell of a movie for Iowa, too. Yeah. American oh, that's East really Farmers. interesting. Yeah, the yeah. Iowa does have a case. I think Latimer won as well. And... uh and more importantly, all the people who then decided to emulate themselves after Latimer were also mm -hmm. winners over the next 10 years. All of the Latimer ripoff people 
So I, I think he has the biggest influence. He's the first thing anyone's going to remember from this movie. And honestly, there hasn't really been a character like it, but a football movie before mm -hmm. since, uh, for better and worse. So anyway, yep. uh, great. this was great. I'm sorry I didn't wear my tank top, guys. But uh, <laughs> Kyle, Priscilla. Can we say uh, again why we're doing this, Bill? Just one more time. It's lest anybody sees us like, what's up with those two assholes with the tank tops on? We didn't really contextualize it. Honestly, if you can't figure it out, yeah, during a, then during you didn't you didn't watch this episode, you know? Like so, you know, this right. would be one you skipped. So, thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.